no touching him, nothing. And he would just rub himself down with oil and baste himself. And I would tell him that he's you know, making his skin softer and more supple and easier for us to dig into. And wow. we were going to skewer him through the ass and out the mouth and roast, you know, while he's still roast alive like and roast him like a pig. And, and he loved it. Fucking Grammys for comedy are beyond awful. They don't even they don't even listen to the fucking albums. They don't even listen to the albums. They just go take whatever the big names are, Bob Saget or Kathy Griffin, and they just fucking say, "All right, you're nominated. We'll choose a winner. See if somebody died this year. We'll give it to them." I mean, they're not even listening. God, what a garbage fucking award that is. The only way you get nominated is if they already know your name. Carlin won in fucking after the 2000s. I think he's won two after the 2000s. He's awful. He was awful after that. You missed it. You should have awarded him the awards in the 70s and 80s. Fucking every time. Every time. It's just irrelevant. If Louie or Patton Oswalt or anybody with a name fucking has a CD, they don't even listen to it. They're just like, well, you're in. And Tig's album was great. It was great. I listened to it. It was great. But they're not nominating because it was great. They're nominating because fucking Louis C.K. put it out. Fucking garbage award. Garbage award. Jimmy Fallon wins. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself, Grammy voters. You never nominated Kyle Kinane and his great albums. Doug Stanhope. Bill Burr wasn't nominated in the last... Come on, idiots. Fucking garbage. He's the be- Bill Burr's the best comic in the last 10 years. What, what, when did he win an award? Jacques, all of you. All of you. God, I wish I could win a Grammy. And it's not because I'm bitter. It ain't bitter. I didn't even have an album last year. So I wasn't even up for it. I, I, it's not like I want it. I, I would want to win a Grammy. Just Here's my Grammy speech if I win one. Oh, my God. Oh, let's start. Let's start. Let's go back. Ladies and gentlemen, Grammy for the best comedy album 2017, it's Ari Shafir with Fart on, I don't know, was that some comedy record name? On Louis C.K.'s record label, it's Ari Shafir with three things I would say to my mother. Oh my God, I can't believe it. I kissed my girl, whatever, whoever I showed up on a date with, or David Taylor. Kiss them on the lips. Go up there. Oh my God, you guys. I can't believe. Let me just start by thanking. Thanking all the Academy members who uh, 
You ne- clearly never bother listening to this shit. You never listen to shit any year. You don't listen to anything. Never nominate Doug Stanhope for an album. Eat my asshole. This is an irrelevant award. It means nothing. Bring out the voters. Bring out the voters right now. I want to hear from one voter. Say one of my bits. Tell me one of my bits from my album. You can't do it, you fucking pieces of shit. Go fight. If you're not going to work hard, just fucking don't do it. For hire somebody else. Hire a fucking blogger. A five bloggers to fucking nominate the comedy. Ugh. This award means nothing. It's based on nothing. Uh, it's You're all self-congratulatory do-nothings. Um, I would rather uh, put some weed on my shelf than this shitty award. And then I'd smash it to the ground. I mean, fucking slam it. Or maybe I'd smack like a bunch of times. I'd keep hitting it on the podium until the podium breaks or the award does. Or, or, or is it better just to be like, this award means nothing. You guys are all garbage people who don't do your jobs. I don't care for it. And then just walk away and leave it there. Oh, that'd be fun. Well, you never win an award again. I don't want your award. George C. Scott, he's the only guy that fucking respecting that shit. He won for Patton. <sighs> he did a movie. I know it's a different award show, but it's the same shit. He did a movie uh, called Patton. It was about uh, the career of Sean Patton, the comedian, I think. And, um, and they nominated him, and he won for Best Actor. <laughs> he didn't even go. I don't want your fucking award. I'm in it for the art, bitches. I'm in it for the art. I nailed it. What, what, what are you going to tell me I nailed it? I know how good I did. I missed a couple moments. I got most of them. Awards for fucking art. Psh. Why am I even upset about it, though? It's every year. It's every year. It's just dumb. I guess nobody really talks about it, so I shouldn't be upset. If it was more talked about, if like a bunch of comics like, can you believe it was nominated? Oh, my God. I can't believe Kyle Kinney never got nominated for fucking that one great album he did. Chris Rock won after 2000. Guys, guys, stop it. Stop it with the makeup calls. Nobody wants that. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Ari Shavir's Skeptic Tank. What a fun episode I have today. What a fun episode. I've been wanting to do this one for uh, six, eight months now. Bert Kreischer told me about this woman. Her name is Isabella St. Clair. Sinclair, excuse me. S-I-N. Claire. Um, She's like a BDSM. She's a bondage girl. She's a bondage lady. She has a dungeon. That's her office. It's a dungeon. Um, So yeah, we talked all about that that shit she does. The fucking sadomasochism. That's the S-M. BD, bondage, I know what the D is, dungeon. That's definitely one question I should have asked. What does BDSM stand for? Uh, You know, it's all the rope shit and tying people up and spanking them and stepping on their balls. Fun shit. I, I, okay, well, I went into a little bit. I'm into that shit. I'm into it. I mean, maybe I shouldn't be, but I'm into it. And I didn't know it was even a thing until Duncan goddamn Trussell gave me a whip one day. He gave me a little mini whip. I think I might have been dating Natasha at the time. And uh, he was like, here, use this on her. I think I was dating Natasha. Um, or maybe it was my wife. I don't know. But 
I was like, no, it's no, it's crazy. And he's like, trust me, bro. And he didn't trust him. And if it wasn't Tasha, then later he used it on her. <laughs> Probably. And I didn't know. Guys, we live in a great country. I know I shit on America a lot, but that's just because we're close to the, we're close. You know? I'm just, t- I'm just challenging the weaknesses to get us over the hump. To get back to the best country. Whenever I shit on this country, it's never like, because I hate it, it's because I believe in it. And people go, oh, well, try living in Africa. Try living in Ethiopia. How does that feel? What? Try living in Ethiopia. What? Well, try living in fucking Senegal. See how you feel. Try, try Haiti. How do you feel about Haiti? You want to live there? What are you, are you kidding me? I'm talking about trying to be the best. And you're saying, at least you're not the New York Knicks. What are you kidding me? You're you're saying at least you're not the worst team in the league. I'm saying we're the Buffalo Bills from the 90s. We got a chance to get over the hump. We just got to attack our weaknesses. Find out where our weak spots are. Shore up the offensive line. You're like, nah, we're the best. At least we're not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Fucking losers. That's what you are. That kind of attitude, that's because you're a loser. Well, we're top seven. Fuck you, top seven. Well, at least we're not Liberia. We're not Liberia. You know where else we're not? Canada, Switzerland, Belgium, France, England, Brazil. They're lapping us. Anyway, whatever. Why am I mad? Why am I mad? My point is, we live in a great country. We have amazing freedoms here. And one of the freedoms are, you can be a fucking freak. And there's places you can go to explore it. There are these BDSM places, these swingers clubs, fucking legal shit, you guys. You can get your freak on. You can go to a fucking therapist. That's what Isabella Sinclair, Sinclair is. She's a goddamn therapist. I'm with my wife. We do a missionary. Remember that Simpsons joke? Where they go, they talk about multiple positions, and Homer's like, Homer's like, you mean on top and the bottom? <laughs> That's a lot of people's reality. They never explore their own sexuality at all. But we can do that in America. We can go to fucking these ladies, give them a few bucks, and be like, hey, you know what I'm into? A whole mess of stuff that my wife's not into. You know what I'm into? Some shit that my husband will never do to me. You can just go and find, fucking do it. Those two college girls got arrested in Cambodia for fucking posing naked in front of some ritualistic site. I don't know. Arrested. I don't know what's happening to them. I don't really care that much. I just saw the headline. And I did look at the pictures. They're kind of chubby. That's all I... I was like, ooh, naked pictures in front of some Cambodian ritual site. And I was like, nah. But what if you're into chubby girls and you're not married and you're married to a super hot chick? Go to a swingers club. Fuck a pork. You guys, here's my point. I forgot what it is. The point is we live in a wonderful times and you can go to places like this. And I've learned some stuff that I didn't know before. There's all sorts of things you can do. I mean, I'll, we'll go into it in this episode, but I talk about my first time figuring out fucking weird shit. Being in San Diego. This girl asked me to choke her. And I'm like, no, I couldn't. I said, no, I could never do that. This redhead chick. 
pretty positive she gave me a genital award. 95%. And then plus later, I'm still getting rid of it like a year later. You got to work at those things. Um, she was like, I was back in San Diego. She's like, let's do it again. But she was borderline too fat for me then. And then she got even fatter. And it wasn't going to happen. But I was like, no, I got a genital award. And she goes, it's okay. I've already had them. This is after I already suspected her. I already suspected that's where I got it from. And she goes, that's okay. I've had it. I wouldn't mind being exposed again. What? Lady? You just, uh, what's the word? You just uh, confirmed my suspicions. Man, I nailed it. No pot all day. That's why. Come on, this song is no good. I don't like this at all. I feel like this is a band I should like. Coldplay. Wrong. Thumbs down, Pandora. Improve my station. Um, yeah, anyway. So we were doing it. Some great sex. I mean, Jesus. And she was like, choke me. And I was like, I, I can't. No way. You're a lady. You're a woman. Her husband was, her boyfriend was waiting for me at the fucking Denny's. Went back to the comedy condo. I was with Rick Ingram. And she was like, look, I got a boyfriend. I'm into swinging. He doesn't care. And he look, I looked over. He nodded. He was like, yeah, I don't care. And I was like, what? And she was like, yeah. Came to your show. She's kind of an annoying audience member. Real self-absorbed. She brought a fucking rubber ducky. Put it on, the, on her table. Just looking for attention. She got some of it from the comics. But then it was like, get the fuck out of here. But back then, I wasn't willing to uh, turn down sex just because someone's a terrible audience member. Maybe I saw it as revenge. I don't really know, but took it back to the condo while the fucking boyfriend, I didn't know what he was doing, but Rick was watching TV in the other room and she asked me to choke her. And I was like, no, I couldn't. No way. I wasn't raised like that. I was raised on Brady Bunch reruns. She was like, come on, please. I was like, all right. Put my hand on her throat. She was like, don't just rest it there. You got to squeeze. And I was like, "Ah, come on. I don't, I just don't think I should. But all right, if you want me to, I'll do it. And I squeezed. And boom, light bulb went off. And by light bulb, I meant boner. I loved it. I loved it. Oh, she told me I'll do all the shit to her. She was probably younger than me, but she fucking taught me some shit. How to choke her. How to, she wanted me to slap her in the face. Same thing. I was like, no, I don't. But a minute later, I was fucking backhanding her full force across the face. Woo. She said that was the best sex she'd had in two years. Fucking woke me up to some crazy shit that's possible. And then, you know, not always, but sometimes it's really fun. Then we finished hours later, hours later. Rick walked her out of the out of the I mean, the condo. Rick Ingram was just there watching TV the whole time. It's like, hello guys. Just hearing us fucking screaming and yelling at each other. Um, she recorded it. She had a little fucking digital camera. It was either when cell phones weren't around yet or when they weren't fucking they're as shitty as the one I have now, the 1.3 megapixel. She had a digital camera. She were she recorded it a little bit. She sent it to me, an email. Jerked off to it. 
a bunch of times later. I don't have that footage anymore. But uh, or I'd put it on the website. That's what I would do. I put it on the website. Um. Yeah, as always. By the way, I put lots of shit that's relevant to the episode on the website. Sometimes I forget stuff, but a lot of times I do. So go to AriTheGreat.com while you're listening to these, and you can look at other things from people, like some of the stories that are on. This is not happening this week. It's all about love, and what better what better theme for love than a bondage episode? It's for Valentine's Day. Oh yeah, this theme worked out perfectly. So, stories by Eliza Schlesinger, uh, Big J. Okerson, and Barry Rothbart. That's going to be on TV, 12.30 a.m. Eastern, 11.30 Central, 10.30 Mountain, 9.30 DirecTV, Western, 12.30, regular. Um, it's on After at Midnight on Comedy Central, 12.30 a.m. Don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch it. Uh, Big J's story is really good, but he has an even better story that was way too dirty for TV. And I was like, come on, can we please get it on? They were like, Ari, it's not even an argument. There's no way you're getting that in there. It's way too filthy. And I was like, all right, well, we can make a YouTube clip out of it. And they were like, yeah, sure. So that one's coming in like a week and a half. Um, anyway, finished with this girl, walked by Rick Ingram. He laughed. Um... And then I was like, how are you getting home? Did you, did you drive here? And she goes, no, no, my boyfriend uh, dropped me off. I was like, oh, okay, so you're going to get a cab or something? She goes, no, he's, he's waiting. He's at Denny's. He's waiting. What? I'm sorry? What? Pardon me? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's waiting at Denny's. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Your boyfriend has been waiting at Denny's for the last three hours while I beat the fuck out of you sexually? Yeah, we have a really open relationship. Man, you sure do. You sure do. That is an honest assessment. Way more honest than the goddamn Grammy voters who didn't fucking listen to any albums this year. Um, all right, so let's start the episode, shall we? Uh, a couple quick dates. This is not happening. I'm doing a new a live one on Tuesday at the Improv in Los Angeles. Los Angeles, this is not happening. It's not taped. These things never get recorded. They're once and done. $5 cover because it's an experimental show. You never know what you're going to get. These people are doing stories sometimes for the first time. We got a really solid lineup. No gigantic names, but a bunch of really good names. Natasha Leggero. The theme is love and hate for Valentine's Day, right? It's Tuesday night at 8 o'clock at the Improv. Uh, Natasha Leggero, Guy Branham. Um, um, the guy from, I can't remember his name now, from the show on, Connery, on Cartoon Network that he's got his own name and Hannibal Burris is on it. Why can't I remember his name now? Pause. Eric Andre! Why can't I remember that? Eric Andre, Brooks Whelan, uh, Claire Teitelman, who I believe is going to be telling a story about me. For love hate, which should be interesting. And Eric, the guy who runs the show with me, just told me um, that he ran into T Pain, musician T Pain, and he and T Pain expressed how much of a fan he was of the show. So he's gonna come and tell a story. So I'll get tickets. And then I'm at the parlor in Seattle 
uh, coming up February 19th, 20th, and 21st with Nick Yusuf from Occasionally Awesome, Nick Yusuf. And then in March, I got Portland and Brea and Sacramento. Check AriTheGreat.com for tickets. Please also use my uh, Amazon link. If you're going to shop on Amazon, there's an Amazon link right below my dates. So just click on that. Click on that. Take some Amazon, do your shopping, and then that'll help me pay for this podcast. I don't have many advertisements. Somewhere in the range of zero over the last year and a half. <laughs> I'm so bad at that. But fuck it. Unless you pay me enough to make it worth interrupting this podcast, I ain't going to do it. I ain't going to do it for your fucking 400 bucks. It ain't worth it. The amount of people I would lose for that who would then come to my shows, it ain't worth it. So I just won't have them. Pay me, make them relevant, or I just won't do it. Um, but use my Amazon link. Why don't you do this? Go to my website, reshafir.com, and then bookmark it. And bookmark it as Amazon right in there. Instead of saying reshafir.com, make it say Amazon. So every time you want to go to Amazon, just click on that. Take it to my website. Click on the Amazon link, just do your Amazon shopping as normal, and then I get a cutback from their end. Doesn't cost you any extra, but it'll help support the podcast. You could also get a t-shirt and shit like that. I just found out Steve Simone has new t-shirts now. And he'll be in Edmonton this week. Anybody who's going to the comic strip in Edmonton, Steve Simone's playing there this week. Don't fucking miss out. First time playing Canada, I think. No, he played Toronto once, but definitely his first time in Edmonton. Doing a week at a great club like that. Um, Somebody take him skiing. He snowboarded. We all want snowboard. All right, I got too much to talk about. I'll do that another time. Ladies and gentlemen, Ari Shafir Skeptic Tank, episode 206. I got to look because I really don't know. All right, enough with this. Long. Um, I think it's episode 206. No, 205. Episode 205. And what did I call it? Oh, fuck. It's all about bondage. I wanted to make a play on Fifty Shades of Grey, like 50 Jews of Jew. Or something like that. 50 sh- uh, I don't remember. But I couldn't think of one. Um, so instead, I called it something like the ties that bind. Where did it go? Where did it go? Here you go. Okay. No, no, no. Come on, come on, come on. Here's my Photoshop. Yeah, I get it. So what's that in relation to? Oh, bound. No, that's very simple. Ladies and gentlemen, Ari Shafir's Skeptic Tank, episode 205. Oh, good picture. You know, I put out every Saturday or Friday or sometimes Sunday, usually Sunday, I guess. I put out online. I say, if anybody wants, helps, anybody wants to help with a Photoshop for the cover um, of this, um, please do. It doesn't pay, but I'll give you credit on my website because guess what? This podcast doesn't pay me, so it's a free podcast. Um... And this week, oh, that's a good one, by Mutant Bunnies online, at Mutant Bunnies. But I think this Vegas 702 one is probably the best one. Um, so anyway, that's what I'm using. Ladies and gentlemen, Ari Shapiro's Cover Take, episode 205, Bound, with Isabella Sinclair, Sinclair, starts now, 22 minutes, Jesus. Domination's a thing of the game Even our reliance 
person in the adult industry who doesn't <laughs> tweet what you saying naked pictures of themselves yeah I'm the only adult performer um, abusive, that does abusive relationship um, details yeah man they sure get a lot of abusive relationships well I just recently learned that you can buy Twitter fans oh, I, yeah. I wasn't aware of that like people are like well she has 250,000 followers and I was like oh wow she's not even really that popular i surprised and then Someone's like, well, you know, you can buy those. It's like, you can? Okay, now I don't feel so bad. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody who's following me is following me not because I'm tweeting naked yeah, pictures it, and not because I'm talking about my abusive relationships and not because I'm talking about food or drama. They used to do that thing where you buy stuff, but then it was like, well, what's the, what's the point of having Twitter followers in Dominica if you're some nightclub on the Sunset Strip? Yeah. But it just I, looked like you were more popular. Yeah, makes you look like it. I mean, because people base, pe- people base their rank on how many people they have following them. Yeah. Like, that's their importance. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You see the South Park stuff about, it's all about likes, and mm. it becomes a society of likes. No, but I, can, else I understand that, yeah. Yeah. Validation. Yeah, How many likes like, did you get on that the picture? Yeah, it's like, the entertainment doesn't matter. Look at look the response it got. Yeah, so I'm horrible at it. I have people, like, actual fans that wish that I would post more, because they want to know what's going on in my day. Yeah. Why don't you post uh not naked pictures, but you know. I do post some pictures. Yeah. But I just don't sit at my computer and think I'm going to post a picture of myself. Oh right. You know, I. I That's a job. I posted one the other day. It was yeah. a, a candid photo, just because I have the laborious task of going through 800 photos to look for three really good ones that I need to use in a promo. Yeah. And um, as I'm flipping through them, no, don't like, no, don't like. Wow, that one's fun because it's completely candid. Yeah. And I posted that one. Out of all of the 800 ones, that was the one that I was like, I like this one because it's not traditional. It was real. Dominatrix, yeah. What was it? It was just me. I was bending over to do something and and I'm like looking up at the photographer and I'm laughing and I have a guy in um, saran wrap bondage behind me on the table. Yeah. So it's just this, this you know, the, the dichotomy of what was going saran on and bondage. then my, my look into the camera is just this, you know, I'm just happy. I'm just like, ah. And um, so I posted that one. Because I think that's the most real and unique. Yeah. How come you don't have abusive relationships? Or you just don't post about them? I No, I don't have abusive relationships. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I... What I, is it about the adult industry? And Everybody has their own um, take on it. You know, it's daddy issues or... Okay. The only reason you're in the adult industry is because you are either on drugs or in an abusive relationship or you need an abusive relationship or you're seeking some sort of extreme profession... Um, it's not all true. I mean, it's true to some extent, but not for everyone. Yeah. There was a photographer, I forget his name, it, it was Glittner, I think. He posted a book it's called Porn not Star. Everyone. Yeah. And he did that kind of, um, he followed these women, he took pictures of them, he wrote about their stories. And his quest, he says in the, the intro, is to kind of diffuse the myths, the, the oh, myths yeah. about porn stars. And then what he came to realize is those myths are there for a reason. They're not necessarily myths. It's like, you know, uh, well, it's generalizations stereotypes. Too. If you get like 20% of the industry has the same thing, you're like, well, that's a big number. Yeah. But that means 80% is, are normal people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's usually the ones that are the more extreme 
are the ones that are tweeting about those are the ones that become more famous because people watch them oh yeah like it's a train wreck like what's gonna happen next what's gonna happen next yeah but I love everyone in my industry. I, I hate, for the I hate most when people part. say daddy issues because it doesn't even mean anything. <laughs> I know. It's like, what does that say? What does that mean? Every time, or it's like, oh, issues, daddy issues. What, what does that mean, though? It's like, oh, they love their father or they don't love their father. It's either either or. Well, it depends on what it fits to. It could fit yeah. to either one. It's however you want to perceive it. A girl who get likes to get spanked must have daddy issues. But, that, but, yeah. that, but yeah. daddy issues, does that mean she has a good relationship with her father? No, her father it means wasn't her daddy around. was a disciplinarian. And, and How's that a daddy issue? So what? <laughs> Lots of fathers are disciplinarians. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense. There's uh, so many stereotypes about our industry. It's levied as such an insult, but it doesn't even, it has no base. It doesn't mean anything. I want people to say, like, what do you mean by that? What do you mean? What happened to their father? What happened to their relationship? You want to dig down deep? Well, into- <laughs> I mean, if you say, like, oh, it's just daddy issues, like, that's just not enough. Yeah, you're right. Such a write off. It's kind of blanketed. Yeah. And I think that that's also to deter people from asking. Oh, right. Like maybe it's the, the deterrent, like, oh, she has daddy, you know, don't deal with it. It's almost like racism. It's Speaking like, of racism, yeah. <laughs> I, I've i seen your stand up. I uh-huh. actually saw you the week before <laughs> I went to, to um, do the podcast with Bert. So I went on your website a couple of weeks ago and I was like, let me just check out his stuff. And uh-huh. you have the amazing racist Up there. things. Oh, yeah. I was cringing at everyone. <laughs> I mean, being from Alabama and seeing oh, yeah. that for real. Oh, yeah. And I've always been the the type of person who would stand up for the person that was being, um, you know, that someone was being line. racist against. Uh-huh. And, and I'm watching them and I'm like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> He's horrible. That's funny. He's horrible. I can't laugh. Okay, that was funny. But I can't laugh. Yeah, girls have a hard time with it. It's not for girls. Yeah, well, it's probably not for Southern girls who have like rallied against that racism for so long. <laughs> yeah. People get upset because, like, wait, okay, is this fun? Is this supposed to be funny or is it supposed to be racist? Yeah, <laughs> like funny, but I want to do it real looking. It was real. It was yeah. real looking. I was like, he's going to get killed. Yeah, <laughs> people get so mad about those. They're, they're <laughs> entertaining, but for me, it was like I cringe. I yeah, cringe, I cringe. girls aren't as into victim comedy too. Girls don't like, for the most part, not always, not always, but like, yeah, anytime somebody gets like jackass stuff, girls aren't as into that as boys. I thought the jackass stuff was funny just because they were doing stupid things and hurting themselves and it made me look at them like, you're such an idiot. You just did, what an idiotic thing you just did. And then it becomes funny. Yeah. Just shaving (laughs) each other's hair. Just randomly shaving hairs. Just Pulling hair, sh- yeah, a lot no, of. No, they just um, had those razors, those shavers, and they would just come up behind people. And they'd add the, sh- the Jaws music, and then they would just dun 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 dun, and they'd oh, shave, yeah. <laughs> shave a stripe in people's heads. God, it was great. How did you get involved in all this? It was um, by fluke. I studied psychology when I was in Birmingham. Yeah. I got the opportunity to move to New York. UAB. Um, UAB. Hold on, hold on. Some sort of dragon is their is their mascot. Uh, blazers, oh, maybe blazers. Okay. Oh, I'm All right, maybe I'm thinking something else. Yeah. What's a blazer? A jacket? I, you know what? You're. I honestly don't remember. I played basketball when I was in high school. Yeah. And I got a college scholarship that I turned down, and I turned it down because I had played for eight years and decided I didn't want to touch another basketball ever again. And I, at that time, was also not into sports, not into football. Which, if you're not into football in the South, there is something wrong with you. You're ostracized. So I wasn't into any sports. So when I went to college, it was just for the college experience. And I found myself surrounded by artists and poets and musicians. Oh. And you know, I completely moved as far away from my upbringing as I rebelled against yeah. you know, 
even though you stayed school, in Alabama. Well, I did, couldn't afford to get out. I was also oh, very right. poor. <laughs> yeah. There is that. 18 years old, State very school. poor. How far away were you from college? Um, two and, and a half hours. Oh, that's fine then. That's a different Far place. enough away that my parents didn't expect me to come home every weekend. Yeah. I was um, probably 40 minutes away, but I also never came home. Yeah. Except for like holidays. And well, I moved, I had a bad stalking experience in Birmingham and um, I got the opportunity to move to New York and I took it just to get out of the South. And when I was in New York, I went to a nightclub. I saw in the Village Voice an ad for a club called Jackie 60. Yeah. And there was a drag queen named Mistress Formica who was hosting it. Mistress Formica? Yeah. 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 She was great. Um, so she was on the cover or on the ad and I was like, wow, that looks like a cool club. Never seen anything like it in Alabama, obviously. And I went to the club and everybody was in fetish clothes and I didn't even really know what that term meant, fetish clothes. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I go in and I'm like, wow, this is blowing me away. Okay. I'm just going to ask you to just put it up Hold a little it closer. Bit. Yeah. Okay. yeah. It, it kind of, um, it was eye opening. Yeah. experience and i a fetish club what does that mean well it wasn't a fetish club i've learned the terms now it wasn't a fetish club it was a night club that just had a fetish night a fetish theme night oh, right everyone was in um, latex or leather or so pvc some, some place in silver lake there was this coolest rock club and i took my friend there later and it was just it was just a gay bar that was just a straight one night a week and he was like, why would you, you just take chose me here? that one night? Yeah. I was like, it was so cool. I was like, I <laughs> bet it was cool. Like, no. It's not. Questions are being raised. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to that club. I met a girl. She worked as a submissive in a SM club. She worked as a submissive in a. What's a. How do you. What's a submissive? That's exactly what I thought. I was thinking at a nightclub. How do you be a submissive at a nightclub? Yeah. I thought you had and to be a And she said, no, people pay to spank me and do role play with me. And I was like, what? Well, wait a second. And because I had studied all these things in psychology, especially dealing with the stalker, I focused on sexual sadism, trying to figure out why this guy was stalking me and why he was saying the things that he... Who was the stalker? What was the deal with the stalker? He just, he found me in Birmingham and had a Boyfriend? severe... No, I didn't even know him. I didn't know him for the first six months. And the only reason that I found him, found out what he looked like, was he yeah. was across the street from where I was working. I was working for an opera company. And um, he had come into the office one day and said that he worked for the phone directory and he was trying to figure out how many people were in the office and um, who the executive was. And it just random weird questions. And I answered them as blanketly as I possibly could. But then his voice sounded familiar to me. And I had been getting, I'd been receiving phone calls for like six months from the same person. And um, the next day I told the, the guy at the door, the doorman that I had been getting these weird phone calls. And the guy that just came in kind of creeped me out. Did he go anywhere else in the building? We were on the ground floor. And he said, no, he just came into your office and left. And then like a day later he comes to me and he says, um, is this the guy that you were talking about you know, yesterday? Is he the one that came into your office? And I looked over and across the street on a USA Today mailbox was this guy leaned over reading the paper, watching the building. Whoa. And Bill, the security Old guy. Talking. Yeah. The security guy was like, yeah, he hangs out there a lot. That's not the first time I've seen him. I just didn't put it together until you uh. said. So he didn't have a job. He was, he was um, I guess, recently unemployed because he had a bad divorce and blah, 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 whatever. He had all the time in the world to stalk me. He was basically getting paid to stalk me because he was getting disability and all these things. 
So he knew everything I was doing every day. I was working at a club or at a bar and at a restaurant and going to school and playing in a band and modeling on the weekends with this agency in Birmingham. And he would know wherever I was. He would always show up and then later call me and tell me things about, like critique me. He would call you? Yeah. Whoa. I say when you, what, like you took a left-hand turn? Well, I went, at the restaurant that I worked at, um, some guys, I had a shorter skirt on. Yeah. And some guys, I guess, were like, these two businessmen knocked their um, silverware off the table. So you could look up your skirt? Yeah. yeah. And I wasn't, even, I wasn't even realizing it. And then the guy called me that night and said, you're such an idiot. You gave them exactly what they wanted. You probably enjoyed it. And like went on to that tirade about wow. that I was like leading them on and I used myself to you know, attract people and blah, blah, blah. I think it was because I would never probably have ever dated a man like him. Why? Who was he? He, I don't even know that much about him. He, when he got arrested, um, he got arrested for breaking into my apartment. Whoa. And, and got put in jail. He and, had to step it up, I guess. Yeah. To, well, he, the second time he tried to break in. The first time my neighbor across the hall caught him breaking in and scared him off. And I came home and the police are at my apartment. And they said, well, we think someone just tried to get into your apartment. And the police had uh, an ongoing report of this guy. And Was it he talking lasted, to anybody else? Huh? Was he talking to anybody else? No. Not that they're aware of. Do you have a question? Would, huh? that, have, would that have made you feel better or worse? No, worse. Well, the thing is, is that now, well, after it happened and I left, like he spent a little time in jail because yeah. no one would bail him out. And um, the sheriff called me and told me that he was getting out of jail. And just so happens a woman that I worked with at the opera company, she was an opera singer in New York. And job she got a job offer in Sarasota, Florida over the winter of 93. and um, she needed someone to live in her apartment and work her job for four months while she did this project in Florida and she was there when the whole break-in happened and um, so everybody at my office was talking about it and I was like yeah I mean the and the sheriff had just called me like a week before telling me that he was getting out of jail and that I needed to be so prepared. Fuck it, you're out. Yeah, yeah. Within yeah. two weeks, I was like driving a car to New York, not realizing I didn't need a car. I had never been to New York. I had never been north uh, of Tennessee. Oh yeah, you Tennessee. don't need a car in New York. No. At all. Yeah, but I was like, how else am I going to get there? I can't afford plane fare. Oh yeah. <laughs> you need a junker car that dies <laughs> as soon as you get over the. I drove my car, and then um, after it being parked there for a year, I I sold it. Oh right. And then I lived there for four years. It's weird how the sheriff is like. I guess it's like there's nothing else I can do. Well, He's there out. wasn't. There was no stalking so law. When I went, gonna... when I went, I had a, a pistol permit that I got, and I was underage when I got it, but he gave it to me as a, because I was an extenuating circumstance because I let him listen to the recordings that were left on my voicemail from this guy, and he's like, I can't protect you. We can't protect you, oh. and you're going to have to protect yourself. But it took less than two minutes for the police to get there when I called 911 when he broke in um, because they all knew. And there was nothing they could do. So it was, you know, they were very quick to respond. They you were there when he broke in? Yeah. What did he do? Did he try to get you? No, he didn't do anything. He walked in. I was standing in a corner. I told him that I'd already dialed 911 because I knew no one had keys to my place. You heard the door open? I heard, I heard him messing with the door. How, did he, get, how did he get the keys? A, he, had a, he didn't have a key. He had a crowbar. Oh. A crowbar and a pocket knife. His pocket knife was in his pocket. He said he carried it around all the time. There was no like intent of bodily harm or anything like that pegged on him. It was just breaking and entering. What do you think he wanted? Just to be near you? No, I think he wanted to hurt me. He did? Yeah. And so you told him to call 911 and then what did he do? He froze. He just... He stood there. 
He took one step into my apartment and he stood there. And I guess between the time that I called and they could hear me talking, he was, the police were already there. I was like a block and a half away from the police station, luckily. I lived in this little area in Birmingham called Highland. And so um, I was right next to a a cool restaurant. I was, you know, people were around and stuff. So, um, see, I was pretty gnarly experience, huh? How long did you go to jail for? Two months. Two months for breaking and entering. Yeah. Yeah, there's no like breaking and entering. They don't care what you're planning on ho- hoping to do. No, he, because there was no stalking law. They couldn't apply any of that other stuff to his. What's the stalking law now? What, it that, started in um, 94. The girl from Valerie's family, right? Huh? With the girl from Valerie's family? No, not Valerie's family. Wasn't, who was the. Wasn't there. Okay, wasn't there some actress who got killed by a stalker? And yeah. Then they, but that was out here. She was an know. actress and she. Yeah, the guy shot her. She opened the door and he shot her. Yeah, I Something can't remember like what her name is, but I remember it. Um, the stalking law there, um, I think, I guess they reenact or they enacted it in um, 93, 94. And anytime that you're harassed, phone call, if they show up where you're working, um, anything like that. But I, it was an anomaly with me. I learned more later about stalking. You know, usually stalkers know the person. It's in somebody that they dated, somebody they worked with, like some sort of intimate knowledge. And because I had no clue anything about this guy, never, to my knowledge, spoken a word to him. Yeah, had you? Uh, you no, not that, I, not that I'm aware of. He, he told me in one of the conversations that he um, followed me home and From saw... Work? I don't even know. So, yeah. He just followed me home. He saw which light came on in my apartment and went up to the mailbox to see, pulled the mail out of the mailbox to see who I was. Wow. And that's how he got my number. There was no locking mailboxes back then. What, you know? what do you get off stalking? You get a sexual gratification? It's just like, I mean, I've not stalked. Well, when I was in New York, it's like, New York is probably the hardest place to stalk anyone. But I had just had this traumatic experience. And I decided one day, I'm sitting on a park bench, and I see this this guy walk out of a a coffee shop. And I was like, I'm going to follow him. Because I just wanted to see, like, could you actually... Oh, you trail to try somebody. Yeah. Could you trail somebody? And um, and I had developed this whole like plot of like how I could do this. I was trying to create some sort of like documentary or some sort of short film about stalking. Uh-huh. And so my idea was to find one person and photograph them throughout their day and kind of write their journal. Give a bunch of pictures. Pictures. And, you, and it's somebody that's attainable. You're doing something. Put pictures in your bathroom and then eventually become friends with them and then get them to come back to your place. And see all the crazy shit. But have a camera in there so when they eventually go to the bathroom they get walk the in and it's all of their pictures. Like how would you feel? the last two months. You'd never know that someone's in New York you'd never know if anybody was following you. No way. But I tried. I was like I'm just going to see. It wasn't somebody that I felt like I was interested in or anything. I was just like let me just see if I could. It took like 20 minutes yeah. and I was like I can't do this. Why not? Well, you got to be able to go to the bathroom. Oh, yeah. You got to find a bathroom. People dart. Go to the bathroom. They're gone if you go to yeah. the bathroom. And people dart in and out of places so Unless quickly. Unless they're like getting coffee and sitting down. It's your only chance to get. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know. They run and run out. You go get a table. So it, watch them and they don't stay, decide not to stay in. You got to pay your bill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a fun experiment just to try to stalk well when i was telling one of my friends about the idea to like to just see i kind of wanted to see what a guy would feel if he felt like he was being stalked because i know what it felt like for me and um and my friend was like you're gonna get killed like have some sort of security there because the second they come out of that bathroom they're gonna either think that you're going to kill them oh yeah 
or they're going to come out and try to kill you because right. they're fearing for their life at this point. And I was like, oh, yeah, good oh, yeah, point. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't really think that went through. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe a good movie, but not very good, like, social experiment. Yeah, how would they, have, how would they be saying, I bet any dude who saw, like, a bunch of pictures of him over the last, like, two months for a girl he just met, like, this week. Yeah. He'd be like, oh, I, I'll probably just fuck. I think I'm going to have sex. And they'd probably <laughs> tell themselves, like, I shouldn't do this. I should just leave. <laughs> but then they're like, but I don't know. She's really like into sure me. Thing. You think yeah. he'd really, like. Seems like a sure thing. Yeah, she must be really into me. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think know, man. She seems a little crazy. Shut up. Shut up, boys. <laughs> You're doing the angels on the shoulder, the yeah. angel and the devil. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shut up, boys. Yeah, um, and the devil's like, try this position. <laughs> yeah. The angel's like, just get out of there. Leave. Leave. Get a quick blowjob and leave. So because of my curiosity for yeah. that initially, it's what when this girl, when I met this girl, I wanted, I was so curious. This, like This submissive. The submissive girl in the club. I was like, "Well, what do you do? How does it work? Who are these people? What do they want?" Blah blah yeah. blah. And she, she's like, "You, you, you're very curious. Maybe you should come in on an appointment with me." On an appointment? Like, yeah, just, just to, to watch. watch. Is that allowed? And, yeah, and she said, "I have this client who, who likes for people to be in the session. He always books double sessions, so I'll just have you in." He wants people to be in there, just watching. Yeah. He's watch, watching him dominate her. It's like to add to the humiliation, her humiliation. Oh, look at these people um, looking at you. Yeah, Damn. they're laughing at you. Yeah. Right. You're a bad girl, kind of. No, they know. They know yeah. how a slut you are. Shit like that. Yeah, you've got it. Yeah. <laughs> You're more dialed in than you. I, I've, never, I've never been into the, the, the talking um, domination stuff. I'm into like, choking and tying people up and stuff but like <laughs> not that like you're a stupid slut I'm like no no you're fine you're an okay so you want to close the air pipes off so they can't talk right the choking no i mean if i'm supposed oh with to, you yeah okay. Okay, i'm okay. not i don't feel like demeaning them verbally yeah it's um it's a unique um unique thing i mean that was primarily what was going on when um when i went on the session he was like very verbal with her and spanking her and it's very light yeah. and so i asked her i was like how does that make you feel she goes it's just acting i'm just acting she goes i yes yes you know yes sir yes master right. and like it, porn stars yeah and um she walks out of the session well i walked out of the session and the person who ran the pl- the business handed me 80 dollars, and i was like what's this for she goes well he paid for you to be in there and I was like, well, if you're That's giving me so $80, how much did he pay? Yeah. And she goes, you're, you're pretty smart, aren't you? He, he paid 160 And I was like, so he paid 200 for her to be in there and 160 for me to be in there. For an hour of that, that was the easiest. 200 for her to be, was it 400 or she Yeah, gets- close to $400. So she would, the girl would get half. At yeah. that point, working in one of those houses, she got a hundred. You she got, got hundred. I got eighty. The guy that paid like almost. It seems like she should get a lot more of that percentage. Wise. Right now, it's um, now. She should get one twenty. You should get sixty. You're just in there. <laughs> I was just in there, but that's what what he paid to have an extra person in there. One. By the way, just so you know, um, what's that world called? The dominatrix world? No, the S and M world. The S and M world. Yeah. Um, comedy club owner. If someone said, "Hey, come to a set," uh, would not have paid the comic. The new comic that just came in there. Oh, really? They're like, why? He doesn't know he gets paid. I'll never pay him. <laughs> so, thanks, SNM World, for being way more honest in comedy. Yeah. Well, the, the guys are willing to pay it. I mean, it was his thing yeah. that he wanted somebody else in there. And I guess anybody they bring in there gets paid, whether they're a so. friend off the streets or whether they're another girl that worked in the club. No. Uh, well, the, the, when I finally got offered a job, I went into two sessions with her, with this yeah. guy. And when I finally got offered a job, the woman at, that ran the house, she goes, well, he wants to do a session just with you. Would you do it? And I was like, I, I'm not going to be 
spanked, spanked and, and tied up. You know, I still had this like PTSD from being stalked. Oh, right. Super self-preservation, like out the ass. I mean, I could see shadows in my periphery. If anything moved, I was like high alert. So there's no way. I get way. like that when I'm too high. <laughs> <It's a> paranoia. <laughs> like, what was that? Oh, nothing. Again, nothing. <laughs> well, I, I learned things, you know, when I was being stalked, like how to protect myself. And so that was just, I was like, I can't do that. And they didn't know anything about my stalking or anything. So I was just like, that's just not me. And she goes, no, no, no. He wants you to dominate him. And she goes, he's never asked for that before. Because the second session, I was helping him with oh, her. Really? And it was just, I just thought it was funny. And I was just kind of going with the flow. And Yeah, and she's a stupid idiot. Jumping in Isn't on it. Dumb? and Look you at know. her sitting there like a stupid moron. Yeah. Did you see that smirk? <laughs> she should be punished for that smirk. Oh, yeah. So it was, I... Um, punished. It was interesting because when he wanted to do the session with me, I was like, okay, well, I don't have any clothes to wear. She yeah. goes, we can, we'll get you clothes. And I don't really know what to say, like the verbal part, the humiliation verbal part. Like yeah, I could, yeah, I could listen yeah. to someone else and like parrot it, mimic it, or put it in my own terms. But I had no clue like how to humiliate someone verbally. And I mean, you're a comic, so you have that ability, probably the banter, the back and forth, the quick witted, the fast. Yeah, but we don't. The comeback. We don't have. This is what I figured out. We don't have humiliation. We have. Um, we're mean or we're like but that can be humiliating it depends on what the other person yeah but it's more like you're going nowhere in your life you're not doing it's not like i don't know it's just different i don't think it's that i don't think it's that different all right maybe i'll look at it (laughs) yeah i'll try to use my skills (laughs) if you're trying to if you're trying to embarrass someone or call them out on something or, or bring up an inadequacy or you know something like that that's humiliation oh yeah i guess so um, so I didn't know what to say. I was like, well, what do I say? And she's like, well, whatever you want to. He's like, he likes you for a reason. Just be yourself. I was like, okay. And I, I did the session and I was like, that was easy. And then she's like, do you want a job? Because <laughs> yeah. I was like a 21-year-old girl. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Fresh off the boat from Alabama. God. Um, they, um, <laughs> That's like a type. Yeah. From the South. Let's 21 see. and yeah. 18 to 23. But most girls got into that industry either through stripping and then decided to go into the, the S&M or got in it through the goth scene. Oh, right. And decided. So I completely segued into it like just the wrong way or, or it was the right way for me, but it's not the and normal way that most people get into the adult industry. And um, so I started, I was still working for this chiropractor on the Upper West Side, taking my friend's position at her job. I was with a modeling agency in New York, so I was afraid to do any publicity or anything like that because I didn't want to ruin, you know, any opportunity to be the next supermodel, you know, high hopes. And uh, so I I was very hesitant to, like, for them to advertise me. And the first day that I worked, I made so much money, like, that I actually went in and worked. All they had to say was, we've got a new girl on. You should see the new girl. And Try her like, out. People are like, "Ooh, new girl." Um, oh, because it's so I eventually fresh. like. After, is, is, is there like a stable of people where everyone's like, "I've seen everybody." Yeah, back then there was. It was pre-internet. It was ninety-three, right. ninety-four, pre-internet, and so I, I left the job working for the chiropractor, and I was still just how modeling. much money at the chiropractor? No. Four hundred dollars a week is no, no, what no. my income was at the other um, place. How much do you make? I could make seven hundred a day. Wow. Yeah. Tax free? No. Um, I pay taxes. Okay. Yeah. I honestly, I didn't know how to do any of that stuff. Yeah, 21, nobody like, does. 
what do you do with this? Um, and, and, so I, and I didn't work every day. Like I started out working two days a week. Yeah. And um, when I stopped working for the chiropractor, that's when I started like working more. And <laughs> it was, you're in New York, you're making more money than you ever thought possible. I was yeah. going on these modeling casting calls and getting, getting humiliated. Like one, one guy told me my thighs were too fat. I was like 115 pounds. I'm 130 now. Yeah. So I was 115 pounds, yeah. five, eight. And he's telling me my thighs are too fat. Oh, models. Yeah. And so I was like, why in the world would I have, and it was for a job that was going to pay me like $500. <laughs> yeah. Like, why would I do that every day? Go to these casting calls. So I just eventually stopped modeling entirely. And I let the, I let the company that I was working for do a photo shoot with me and I let them put my ad in a magazine just I thought it was going to be an ad in the back of the magazine it was this magazine called Dominant Mystique that you buy in the very very back of the stores it was a paper magazine uh-huh. the very back like the dirty section of the stores and um, when they got the pictures of me the woman who ran the publication put me on the cover no way and I was freaking out but you're then, a model well I, I was still trying to but I wasn't yeah. that into it you know yeah, I was like, I didn't, probably model hot <laughs> I, I was competing with people like Kate Moss, and she and I used to get the same kind of callbacks, but she's much thinner and British, so right. she had that appeal. She was, yeah, but then you go into this world where there's no real models. Huh? But then you go into this world where there's no models. And right, like, and, I, and everybody was like, look at this girl. Guess what? This is why women do comedy. <laughs> because they're like, wow, I don't really have to be that good at all. I can stand out easily if I'm just cute. If you show up and you're a little funny. Yeah. You can little funny, little cute, and you rise to the top. Yeah. Because I such a need for that. Anyway. Well, I was able to segue into this new profession with a, 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 a snowball effect very fast. Um, I did another photo shoot cover of another magazine well, and you start getting business out of yeah, that sessions galore people were writing me fan letters you raise your rates uh, no I was okay. still working at the same place and the um, they were getting a lot of money off of me so they gave me everything that I wanted you 50% know, like, they got yeah okay yeah and you never think I can just do this myself no I I was working you know, 40 hours a week making $400 I was happy to yeah, just yeah, be making yeah. $80 like an hour <laughs> I had no no qualms about it. So you're still making eighty bucks an hour? No, 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 no. More. I make more now. No, no. I'm saying at the time you were still making eighty bucks an hour. Yeah, I was just doing more appointments. Okay, but you were being a dominatrix. Uh huh. When did the leather start? The leather? Yeah. When did they start putting on leather or latex, whatever that is, whatever people wear with the whips and all that? That outfit. That outfit. Yeah. The many outfits we have. Well, that came with it. Is that it was plastic. What is that outfit? It's not leather, is it? There's latex. Latex, yeah. I have my video production company is primarily latex based. Okay. Um, sessions, I would wear either leather or latex, and you have to invest in the wardrobe because you have to fit the role. And but for you, me, it felt like a superhero. Whenever I, I'd be like huh. in my normal clothes, and then I'm going to transform into the superhero. So I loved when I first got into it because it was so new to me. I loved. You shopping. felt different wearing that stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. It's. You just put it on and you're immediately transformed into the superhero. That's super what Marky Mark said for, um, what was that movie? Then was a porn star. Oh, the Boogie Nights? Boogie Nights, yeah. He said once he wore the tight pants, he was like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. And you could feel just like. Yeah. Yeah. And I always had a superhero complex when I was younger. You know, my favorite shows were like Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman. and the Wonder Avengers. Wonder Woman was wearing some fucking 
that, that was racy. Shit. Yeah, that was racy for that time. Yeah. The Avengers. Um, I even like the Bionic Woman, even though she wasn't really in a superhero costume. She was just a badass. Yeah. yeah. Is there any domination domination where someone just wears the outfit you're wearing right now, just jeans and a t-shirt? Yeah. And then just is that like asked for regular? Yeah. yeah. I have one fetishist client who buys me Converse, low top, black really? and white, basic Converse. It's the smell of them for him. It's the way that they look on my feet. He he says that they're all different. The ones that are made in the USA are different from the ones that are made in China. Or different wow, the really? Ones. Yeah, he knows them all. Wow. And he will scout out certain ones and send them to me. And then when he flies in, he books a session with me. And it's Converse. And, and he expects you to wear them. Yeah. And are you supposed to break them in and just wear them? No, no. He likes the the new smell of them. Uh, they do smell pretty nice, though. I like Converse. Yeah. Chuck Taylor's. Yeah, so they're, you know, workout attire. Uh, I get that a lot. Uh, I used to kickbox when I was in New workout York. Attire. So when I first started doing videos, I would do like kickboxing and videos to guys. I would tie them up where they're, they're like a body bag. And I would wear <laughs> just basic workout clothes, boxing gloves, and, you know, verbally accost them, smack them around with my boxing gloves, give them a couple of quick punches and kicks. <laughs> really? Yeah. You ever see the video where that girl's boxing with the uh, the heavy bag? You know the the, the quick, the, the, uh-huh. the, but it's just a guy uh, who's lying down on a block of wood with a hole through it. No, and it's just his balls. <laughs> She's working them. She's dressed up like a boxer too, with her like, her hands taped. And <laughs> that <laughs> so great. You just hear, oh, uh, oh, uh, oh. Uh. He must have very big balls to keep that rhythm and the swing back and forth. Yeah, and at the end, she fucking lays a hard one. <laughs> oh God. There's um, there's a big thing for ball busting. Really? Yeah, it's a huge part. Okay, so explain the domination. Explain dominatrixing. Dominatrixing. Yeah. <laughs> My business. Uh, I don't know that I. That's that's. What? Hard too, to... Too broad? Yeah, it's pretty okay, broad. Okay, okay, Let's back up then. I have a couple questions. I want to know if I should do them now or later. <laughs> okay. Do you get mad when people call you a prostitute? I'm sure they must, right? I have. It, it doesn't make me mad unless I know the person. Like, I mm-hmm. dated this one guy here, and um, we dated for a couple of months, and he knew what I did before I started, you know, before we started dating. He still yeah. wanted to date me. I actually met him on a Comedy Central thing, which is funny. I was doing this Comedy Central thing they were trying to pick up uh, where teams competed against each other. So it was like a trivia thing, the dominatrixes versus the dog walkers. Uh And I was on the panel of the dominatrixes. He was on the panel of the dog walkers. And he was really into me, looked for me all over LA, like all the clubs, going to the clubs and stuff. To try to find you? To try to find me. he was like, I like that girl. The producer contacted me and she goes do you remember this guy that was in this uh, yeah, he's like right. asking if he can get your information and i was like yeah he was hot give him my information i was single we dated for about three or four months yeah and just one day he had some friends that came in some college friends that came in from out of town and i guess they Boom, like that's where it is. yeah they gave him like every stereotype Bro, are you uh, kidding me you can't be dating this girl. She's so, taking 20 cocks a day. Yeah. And he when, he when he approached me about it, he said, well, I just feel like you're a whore. And I was like, really? Yeah. Okay. And I, I, I was done with it. And he's like, what? Are you not? I was like, if I respond to that, I'm dignifying your remarks. And I know I'm not a whore. And I can't believe I just spent four months with you getting to know you. And you're going to tell me that I am. I was like, that's it. We're done. He's like, that's it? And I was like, what else am I going to say with that? You either said that for two reasons. You're trying to make me feel bad about myself or you think think it's true. So, and neither of those reasons is okay with me. Right. 
How do you, you never have sex during these things? No. Do you? Never. I've never taken my clothes off. Never take your clothes off. That's to me. That's how it's, it's. It's weird that it gets lumped up with adult entertainment when there's there, no. Yeah, se- the I mean, porn industry is segueing into S and M before before the internet. It was very separate. Separate, and people in the adult industry want to reach all sides, so they start tying people up and having sex with them, yeah. and kind of cross it over. And I think in a normal traditional relationship, the kinky stuff is foreplay. Right. It's foreplay, spice things up, get someone excited, and then eventually, you know, end with sex. Uh, but for the people who come and see me, it's like the the idea of having sex with me would freak them out. Like they have such an inadequacy, um, an issue, or they don't feel like they deserve it. How could they ever oh, deserve right. a woman like me? And it's just more submissive and subservient. Do they get hard during those things? Some do, some don't. Some are okay. too afraid. They think it's so like demeaning. Well, they're afraid to get excited, but afraid it's going to offend me, or they because can't get excited the because they're so nervous. Wait, wait, That's wait! Offend, offend you like if you get like a boner when someone's giving you a massage, where you're like, "Oh, I'm sorry, this is not. I apologize." Yeah, <laughs> like something like that. Yeah, or like I know this is out of like that they're sexualizing me, right? And they're not supposed to. Yeah, not supposed to. To some guys, because I in in that dynamic, I am royalty. Right. I am the, the the queen, the queen, the person on the pedestal, and to show sexual um, interest so blatantly without having permission or without being told to, or you know, there's a sexual dynamic to it, but it's not about sex. Do some guys always get hard? Oh, there are some people that can't control it, which is fun for me because then I can mock them and humiliate them that they can't control themselves, especially the older ones. Like you haven't been able to, you couldn't control that when you, when you were a teenager, you couldn't control that in your twenties, your thirties, probably you're now 50 and you still can't control it. You're a little boy. Yeah. Yes. You, you've never learned how to control it. And then, okay. Did you do women also? I do. I, um, my first female client was a woman in New York it kind of startled me. Yeah. Uh, she was beautiful. You're like, she I think was, you the wrong room. Well, she was she was older. She was beautiful. She had um, you know silver hair. It was to her chin. She was very well kept. You could tell that she was like you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So she was wealthy. She looked wealthy. Yeah. And silver hair. She silver hair. She was older. She was probably in her sixties, late fifties, early sixties, but very well kept. She wanted to be put over my lap and spanked, over the knee spanking. Lesbian and, or not? Huh? Lesbian? No, 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 married. Okay. And when I talked to her, she only came in once, and I talked to her after the, the appointment, she started crying. You know, crying? when I was spanking her, it was just such a relief for her to be able to have it done. Like a fun cry. A fun cry. Like just kind of letting it out. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you've ever had one of those intense massages where after you're kind of emotional. Like, oh, that was, ever, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah. It was just very emotional for her to be able to do that. And she said that she had asked her husband to do it many times and he um, was, he would do it, but he wouldn't do it the way she wanted or he wouldn't. Oh, right. And I like warmed her up. Like her bottom was bright red and it was Wonder. an incredible experience for her. And that was what she needed. And, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, that's the problem, too. It's, it's like if somebody wants to be spanked or something, but it's like if I'm dating them or married to them and I like them, then it's like, eh, this is kind of hard because it's sort of demeaning. I don't want to demean someone I'm into. It's hard in relationships. Relationships are hard so, anyway, yeah. and then you add this kind of element into it. It's like I have to like hold the door open for you when we're getting out of the car. And then you want me to humiliate you and spank yeah, you. Yeah, it's and, just a weird dichotomy. Yeah. 
So like anyone I've been like that with, <laughs> we're You're not going to get that close. There are my submissive clients that are married. Uh, they usually marry first and then realize that they're into this and, and maybe this, this is something thing. that, yeah, and they can't get it in the relationship. So they, and so instead they the of trying to force it on their wives, yeah. because they know their wives are not going to be into it, they, they come and see me. And, and they get that part of what they need. And then they're able to go home and not force it on their wives. I've had several of my golf, clients you say... You find some golf friends. Yeah. I've had several of my clients say that because of me, their relationships stay together. Really? Because when they start trying to get their partners into it, and it confuses things within the dynamic of the relationship... So, so what does it do when they're actually having sex with their partner? They just like well, already people, have that in their heads or like the kind well, of... Some like, people can have normal sex and then also need to be submissive yeah. because sex and submission are not necessarily tied together. Yeah, I have no girls that said that. Like, not every time. Fucking some, once in a while. <laughs> <good thing>. so <laughs> you don't need every single time to be the exact same. Yeah. Well, I've trained a lot of couples yeah. and it's usually... You it's train like, couples? Yeah. On and how to do it? Well, yeah, how to do it. I usually have a consultation with them. Right. I... Um, I try to figure out who is the dominant, who is the submissive. A lot of times I realize that both of them are submissive. Oh no, what happens then? You have to teach them how to swap back and forth, how to um, switch it on, switch it off, switch it on, switch it off. Yeah. Uh, and, oh. And, and, you know, in this dynamic. It's a bad match. It's, it's funny to see, like, the guy was into it initially. He wants his girlfriend or his wife to get into it. I trained them both, and she's the one that ends up getting into it more than the guy was. And he's like, you've created a monster. Now, I, <laughs> you know, it's always this big production. Every time we have sex now, sometimes I just want to have sex. I'm like, yeah, you, be careful what you ask Can't for. Can't just roll over. Yeah. Be careful what you ask for. Wow. Yeah. So, and you've never done... No intercourse? No. Have you ever dated anybody you had as a client? No. No? It's, well, have you ever dated anybody who just wanted to date you because you were a comic? Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, okay. Almost exclusive for the last 10 years. That's pretty much all I've dated. <laughs> well, that's sad for you. You should yeah. have somebody who dates you because of you, not just because one, you're a comic. Well, they do. I mean, they keep dating me because of that. I had one date in the last, since I've started, I think, where someone didn't know I was a comic. Or just somebody at my eyeglass place. <laughs> Everything else is from like, girls who go up to you after comedy. Well, that's they what I felt. I, there was a, a line in a movie. It was really funny. Julia Roberts movie where, I, I think it was, she's Nottingham. Runaway Bride. No, Nottingham, the one. Oh, great. Movie. She says, <laughs> she says uh, they go to bed with the actress. They wake up with her. Right. So... When I started, I was in a relationship when I started doing this professionally with my boyfriend from Birmingham. And so he knew me pre-dominatrix. You had a boyfriend you left to go to New York? Well, he was a musician, so he was traveling all over the place anyway. So when I left to go to New York, he understood. He couldn't be there to protect me either. He was always on tour. Yeah. So we, um, I moved to New York and um, it was, where was I going with that? It, it was, it was, I was dating him, so he yeah. knew me. But then whenever we broke up and I started dating people, people, I was already famous at this point, and people in the industry, single guys in the industry, started targeting me, and I felt like if they were just targeting me because I'm a dominatrix, dominatrix thing, yeah, then I was going to have to be on all the time. Right. I was never going to be able to step away from it, and I worked so much in my industry that to work and then come home and feel like you're working just isn't the life that I want to leave. It's like yeah. a contractor who's, 
doing construction all day and then comes home and wants to, to you know wants to fix shit all day. It doesn't yeah. happen. No, that's like that right it's after not a good comedy shows either. Where girls will be like, "Be funny." I'm like, "I was just funny for the last two hours. Yeah, I don't want to do it anymore." Just do you ever have the situation where someone says, "You know, you're just really not that funny." Uh huh. You were funny on stage. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was trying. Yeah, I was. I prepared for that. Yeah. Now I'm talking about something else. It's not as funny. Exactly. I prepared for that. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like, I don't want to dominate people all yeah. day long, every day. I like to do it in my job, and that's why it's exciting. I've been in that industry for 21 years now. Wow. Is domination and always about pain? No. Humiliation? No, no, no. It's about, um, well, it's not about humil- always about humiliation. It's not always about pain. It's about letting go, letting someone else take control, letting someone Seating else. Seating control. Yeah, it's the power exchange. Yeah. You know why I like doing that? When I'm at the airport with friends and they're all like, saying, oh, this is the way to go. You go to this way to the baggage claim. I just go, okay, I'll just follow you. Yeah. Stop looking at signs on my own it. iPhone. <laughs> yeah, I'll just be like, I'll, I'll just seed control. I'll yeah. let you guys be in charge. Well, there, I, I saw early on that a lot of my clients were in the military. And I realized that that need to serve is not exclusive to the military or a dominatrix. They're kind of tied together. They go it's into this, the military because they want, they want to serve. To boss them around. They want well. They they want to serve. They want to be useful. They want to right. have a purpose, and that service is their purpose. And I have slaves or clients, submissives that say the same thing. They come to see me because they have this purpose to serve, but no one else in their lives can appreciate that quality in them. Yeah. So. I have guys that will bring me coffee. Just drive downtown, go to the coffee shop, which is literally 100 yards away from my office. Get your coffee. Get me coffee and bring it to me in my office. And then leave? Yeah, they stay there for a few minutes and then they leave. What's your What's your dominatrix name? Isabella Sinclair. Mistress Isabella? Mistress. Well, I, that mistress part, I've, all, I, I've teetered back and forth mistress. with it. Mistress. Mistress. Yeah. Like some people, will, they just like calling me mistress. I let them if they... If they feel the need to, but I'm fine with just Isabella. Like if someone mistress is serving means, me, mistress and they, means somebody who you, you're cheating on your wife with. But it's also like um, mistress, uh, the mistress of the house, mistress the, of the dark. No, no, what's her name? <laughs> oh, Elvira. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's, what's the mistress of the house. That's what it is. It's like well, you're the like queen the, of the house. The, the school mom or the woman who runs the household. Oh. Uh, the disciplinarian. That's so much different than someone you're cheating with. There's so many different connotations. Mistress. The mistress, the, the initial uh, thought of mistress was the cheating. Yeah. It's the the woman who's like sleeping with a guy, even though he's married, and she's okay with that. Yeah, uh, that wasn't the mistress that I took on. The mistress role that I took on was the the strong one, the domineering one, the madam of the house, the person who you know maintains control of everything. Right. So do you? So are there some people that just get tied up and left there without any pain? That's funny that you should say that because in the last week I have gotten three different requests for kidnapping scenarios. Kidnapping, where they just want to be tied up, where they cannot escape, and left there, and just struggling, struggle against it. Against it. And I don't know why it's sexual. weird. I'm like, what is this? Uh, is there some movie out, or is there something in society that has like triggered that inside them? Because yeah. usually, this that doesn't even seem sexual though. No. It's the damsel in distress thing. I'm doing a an appointment next week that's a birthday request for this guy. And it is, he doesn't want to know how long I'm going to keep him there. He paid a flat fee and I could keep him there overnight if I wanted. Really? He wants to be tied up in different positions. Um, always tied somewhere, somehow. So, you know, with the use of metal cuffs or bondage, rope bondage or leather oh. cuffs or something. Tied on, locked on, whatever. He wants to be 
against his will. He wants to be gagged the whole time, maybe the hooded. whole time. Yeah, so he can't have a voice in it. He said if if he can spit the gag out, it's going to be it's not going to be as exciting for him. He wants the real scenario. Wow, come on, buddy, not now. <laughs> Wait. Has anybody ever, have you ever had a gag in there so much that somebody's ch- choked or almost choked at that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've put a gag in someone. You know, you never know. So everybody has a gag reflex. You just don't know how, uh-huh. um, how far it is where it needs to go back or, yeah. <laughs> but I think everyone has a gag reflex and there's different size gags and yeah. I put a gag in someone who was fine initially. And then like minutes later it was, uh, uh, and he I'm couldn't like, breathe. And he's like, I'm dying. Well, he, he just, if he felt like he was going to hurl with his gag in his mouth just suddenly it started you know um tickling that gag reflex and luckily i'm standing right in front of him thinking i'm about to get hurled on if i take this gag out of his mouth but i just popped it into his mouth he was trying to push it out and i can't unhook it while it's pushed out because it's tight then so Uh, i had to push it in his mouth really fast unloosen the latch and let it fall to the ground and i just move i moved back no (laughs) yes i was like (laughs) oh goodness um, but I, I literally like jumped out of the way thinking that's what's going to happen. So yeah, it happens. Wow. But see, that doesn't even seem sexual at all. Oh no, that's not sexual at all. <laughs> but, so why does it get tied up into the adult industry? It's only because of like the spanking stuff. Like if you just tie somebody up in those clothes, tie them up and just say, fuck you, you're a fucking tool and just demean them a little while while they're tied up. I don't understand. Well, there's a whole nother bondage industry that's just based on bondage. It has nothing to do with torturing them when they're tied up. It's just bondage. I learned that when I went to my first convention called BondCon. And I I had already been playing professionally as a dominatrix for several years. And I went to this convention and it's just guys tying girls up and some girls tying guys up. And then they just look at them and like, well, what's the point in that? Like, when I get someone tied up, I want to touch them. I want to tickle them. I want to pinch them. I want to... I want to see some response yeah. from them. And um, they're like, no, it's just, it's just about the bondage. Yeah, I think some of it might be... I was thinking about this once. I think some... You, ever, you know you any autistic children? Oh, yeah. My nephew is autistic that okay. I raise. Does yeah. he... Um, you raise him? Yeah, I took custody of him a few years ago when I was in like Alabama. Like your sister or brother is a fuck-up? My sister is a major fuck-up. Yeah. I have three of her kids right really? now. Really? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, can you please stop having kids because I don't want any more? Yeah, it's too much. It's too so much. the autistic kid, does he like when you put your, his, your hand on his head? No. Oh. He's 6'3", oh. so I can barely reach That's the top of his broke. head anyway. Okay. He's 15, he's 6'3", oh. and he's 280 pounds. He's like, he should be a football player. And I, everybody has said, get that kid in football. Yeah. But he has no interest in that. Well, then you can't do it. Yeah. But they, a lot of them have that thing where they want like touching or, hold, well, he, or holding hugging. down. Hugging. When, he was yeah. young, when he was younger, he actually broke my mother's sternum because he would hugging have these sore. fits. And that was the only way to calm him down was to take him and hug him. And he was like three years old and he knocked his head back. He's always been a very big kid. He knocked his head back as my mother was holding him and like cracked her sternum. Oh, really? And um, But that's the only way that you could calm yeah, him hugging. down was that hug. Is some of that, the being tied up like that, just the pleasure Maybe, of like yeah, having that, touching you all over? Mm-hmm. Just like, like kind of security. Yeah. I have people that are into sensory deprivation that want to be in body bags or the saran wrap because it's very womb or cocoon like, and they don't want to be tortured. They just want to be put in that position and, and you, they want to know you're there. So yeah. it's good to like touch them, let them feel that you're close by. You get off on this stuff doing sexually. It? Yeah. No, I get off on the psychology. That's like the, my curiosity has always been about why 
And then I realized I'm really good at it because I'm really intuitive. Yeah. And I'm almost like a caregiver for people who want to experience this. I learned how to do everything. I'm safe. I comfort them. I let them know that they're okay. And I guide them through this journey. And so it's that you're interested in the psychology of it. Yeah. Like, what are you guys doing? Why? And I love to see their reaction. I love to see like whenever I just did a, I do classes on the second Sunday of every month. And my first class in January was about whipping. Yeah. Why you hit somebody's body, what it means to me, what it means to them. And, um, and why you do it. And every, there's like different dynamics into why you would hit somebody like different role plays. There's the, the punishment role play. There is punishing them because they've done something wrong in a, in a dominant submissive relationship. If someone fucks up, they have to be punished. Whipping is a form of punishment. Um, it was used to, uh, it's used to intimidate, like back in the slave days, whipping was used to put people in their place, to intimidate them, to let them know that they were inferior and controlled. You know, so there's always different, different dynamics of why you would whip somebody. Yeah. And for the person who's, who's receiving it, the bottom, um, each one of them is different, what it means to them. So I was, oh, right. I was explaining, like I asked some of my, my guys to write in like a Twitter-esque kind of thing what a whipping means to them. Um, one of my military guys says it's like a badge of honor for him. When he goes home and he sees those, he knows he's like taken, he's taken what I want to give him. And he does it Wait, because I enjoy the response. So the marks that I've left on his body, he looks at them and he, they feel, to him it feels like he's achieved something. Hmm. And it's like a, I have a masochistic client who challenges his body. What does that mean? He's, he can take a lot of pain and he wants to be whipped and whipped and whipped as a way of like challenging himself. Like those fucking Nazi youth who held their hands over um, a candles? Yeah. Just to see how much they could take the pain? Yeah. Well, Probably, yeah. It's like just your own interpersonal challenge. Yeah. Those are usually thrill seekers who, if they weren't doing that, they're doing other some other kind of adrenaline rush sort of thing yeah and then you have the ones that want to do it because they feel like i want to give it to them so and they want to take as much as they can so i am the facilitator of that i want to give it to them and i want them to see if they can take as much as they can yeah. and, but i said you know for me i like seeing the response from them it can be a light whipping or it can be a heavy whipping depending on who i'm playing with but the do you response, go full force Oh yeah, I've you done. You go sometimes like, where you like break into a sweat and you're really as hard as you can, yeah. hitting somebody. Yeah, you ever smack them across the face? Yeah, just open hand, just smack. Yeah, try to like beat them. Yep, Any I told you I've done kickboxing. I've like done kicks to them oh, really? that would double them over. Kicks, kicks, like just a side kick that really? right in the gut, just to, like because that's what they want to feel. They want to like get the wind knocked out of them. Yeah, so you got I've never done anything that someone didn't want me to do. Right. Like I've done some pretty hardcore things. I've tie, I've sutured testicles over the top of penis wait, so wait, that wait, it's wait, like wait, a chastity wait. device. Wait, hold on. You take the skin of the testicles, you pull it over the balls. Lay, yeah, the balls. You over um, the, you head pull of the dick. you lay you you put the the I've done that. Dick down where it's <laughs> in the bathroom stuff. You just kind of shove it in. Yeah, like, yeah. Look, it's like a cocoon. Well, if you once you uh, suture it What's in, suture. What do you mean suture? With stitches. Well, hold needle on. and thread. <sighs> so you needle and thread the the the, the ball skin. The, the skin over the top of the penis. How do they so pee? that well, they have to sit down to pee because it's pointed down. So you have to sit down to pee, but they can't get erect. Because if they get erect, it's going to pull the stitches. It's Wait, gonna... it comes over from both sides? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. 
I thought it covered the whole thing. No. Well, you can do it that way down. too, but if you pee, it's still just going to leak out of the leak out all over. Yeah, just in the air and just open. But the idea is that you can't get excited. And if you do, it'll hurt. It'll hurt. Oh, it'll hurt bad. So I've done that, but that was at the request of the guy that wanted to have it done. I've also sewn someone's lips shut. Really? So that they couldn't talk. Like in uh, Twilight Zone, the movie? Remember oh, that? I don't know. I didn't see it. The evil kid. He took away someone's mouth because she said something to him. Oh. <laughs> so she just yeah. had no mouth. Yeah. Well, this, sewing this, their lips shut. This one like, client, what do you mean? You take a I needle through? Yeah, through the lips. Wow. And it's such a small needle that you really don't, um, you don't see the, once you take the stitching out, you don't see anything on the lips. It's such a small needle and thread. Only if they were to try to pull and like rip the stitches. Uh, but this, this one particular guy, I sewed his lips shut and then I took him to a, a movie because he had made a comment about seeing a movie with me and that how exciting it would be to share popcorn with me. I was like, well, I love popcorn. I'm not sharing. Oh. And it was somebody that had already done that with anyway. before. His lips were shut. His lips were so shut. You should shut. have offered him some. Well, I did when we went to see the movie. We went to see Skyfall. And, and then I, he couldn't enjoy any of it. Skyfall, the one where he was on, in Abu Dhabi and he had to go from like building to building or he had to climb along the side of the building? I think so. Okay, yeah. That wasn't bad. Yeah. But it, that was with somebody that wait, I had, wait, I had done who, that before. Who pays for the movie? <laughs> he did. He pays for the movie. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I said, how many? <laughs> Two, please. All right. <laughs> you all do talk. that and then you go, go pay for yeah. it. Yeah. And it was just part of the humiliation. Do you talk to other dominant, dominate try? What do you call them? <laughs> Dominists. Dominists? Dominus. Do you talk to other ones about your game and how to improve it? No, but I talked I talk to them about how to improve theirs. I'm You teach other I teach, ones how to yeah. do it. I've taught many of, of Los Angeles's premier <laughs> <laughs> dominatrixes, dominus. Yeah. And uh, yes, yeah, so I've I've taught classes for years. Are the people you see fucked up? No. None of them? It's the same thing we're talking about with porn stars. Right. Some are experiencing a childhood trauma. Like the, the funniest one that I was like, well, that doesn't seem very traumatic. Um, it was a guy who, I guess his family, very socialite. Um, the mother would have tea parties all the time. Mm-hmm. And he was an only child. And when she would have her friends around doing these tea parties, they all were dressed in like, you know, their, their Sunday best, their hats, their high heels, sitting around a table. She would put him on the ground next to her playing with his toys. And so his view was just of women's legs and heels as a child. Uh-huh. And so that created, or he thinks that created his high heel fetish because oh. that's his memory from childhood. doesn't seem uh-huh. that traumatic, right? Right. But that's his memory. Is that mommy issues? <laughs> I mean, is that what mommy issues is? I don't know. Maybe, saw- maybe he had a crush on one of the, the other women that was there, like had a fancy for one of the women that was there. But that was his view. And then at, the older he got, I think there, wires get crossed. And I think yeah. that was love for him to be able to be close to his mother, to be able to, you know, so when he's older, love and sex, the sexual desire kind of get crossed up. And now he can only get erect or likes to get erect when he sees high heels. Wow. And yeah, I told him, yeah. I've gone to dinner with him before and he can see, he can hear a high heel from across the room. Was, like, yeah, he hears so something. so tuned to it. Yeah. And I, would, I was laughing at him. Like we were in a restaurant downtown and it had marble floors and he's that. talking to me and I see his, his eyes cut to the side. And I was like, does she have on high heels? He goes, yes. Oh, <laughs> like, wow. That's funny that you're having a conversation with me. You'd think that he's like completely engaged with me in conversation, but, but he hears it. That. Yeah. yeah. That's, 
It's like Pavlov's dog, you know, ring the bell. He's salivating. Yeah. He I'll be with a hot girl and then I'll turn to look at a less hot girl like, ooh. And I'm like, but I'm with a hotter girl. But still, it's like, you got to look. Um, uh, yeah, that's my problem with like, raising a kid. Every one of my friends go like, uh, no, I'll be a good father. And I'm like, but there's so much you can fuck up without yeah. even, like you're yelling at the, at the fucking Super Bowl, right? When she's looking at a picture of Justin Bieber and that's it. She'll never feel real love. Yeah. Just because she hears her father screaming. You can, I, I now I raise kids and yeah. I decided to raise kids. I have a son that's, um, four, he's about to be 14 this year. Your own son? My own son. Teacher. When I, when I decided I wanted to have a child, none of my dominatrix friends had kids. It was, you know, <laughs> not many people in my industry had kids, but I wanted a child and I didn't want to be held back or I didn't want my industry to dictate what I could and couldn't do. So yeah. I was very out about it. I did a lot of photography when I was pregnant um, I was still teaching classes, hosting parties. It was my world, and I want to live it the way that I want. So I decided to have one. And I think I'm an amazing mom. And I think it's a lot because I like verbal humiliation. I would never <laughs> verbally humiliate oh. my child. But you see some parents just like, don't be such an idiot. It's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's not very nice. Setting them up. Yeah. For 160 bucks an hour. Yeah. So I, I just have a different, like I would never hit my kids because I've had enough I've seen enough um, people who have said well they used to get spanked when I was younger and now that's that excites me because they associate it with love oh because they were spanked by people who love them and that was they associate that with the the of love so (laughs) unfortunately for my kids I lecture them and talk and talk and talk like if they do something wrong I like drill it in verbally like why would you do that and what do you think it how do you think it makes me feel when you do that and how about the other people like the consequences your kids yeah yeah uh they'd probably rather me just whack them three times and <laughs> let yeah, them go play problems, it's gonna be it's gonna be like <laughs> having some dominatrix be boring to them <laughs> why are you here how much are you spending yeah <laughs> do you think you financially uh, justify that okay well sit there <laughs> oh, it'd be so boring. Well, I would like to think that it isn't because of me that, um, I mean, you never yeah. know. They might, it's they're going to have friends. their own issues. Do you ever have somebody who wants to be dominated and then slowly turn the tables? No. To dominate? I've only had one client who tried to be aggressive with me in a session, and it was early on when I was very young. Yeah. You know, most predators don't seek people like me they would rather try for the submissive or they would try for predators what do you mean predators like um, trying to overcome me trying to overpower me trying to dominate me Um, in that situation if it's un if it's unconsensual then it's a predator looking for prey yeah but I'm okay yeah yeah so I don't have those type of people who would approach me wanting to do that and I've had it one time in New York and he ended up getting a broken nose. You and it was, him. I still had that cat like reflex and he grabbed me from behind and I just popped my elbow back and popped him right in the nose when he was on his hands and knees. Oh. And he went furious. And the house that I was working at, the, the woman, her name was Mistress Domino. She was like my hero. She mm-hmm. was very strong, domineering, very um, polite and kind and kind of the, not the stereotypical dominatrix, but um, very strong, a strong woman. And I went out of the room when I saw that I was making him bleed. Like after I popped him, I bolted out the door. I locked the door and he was in there. And he's locked like, him in? Yeah. And he's banging on the door and Domino goes up to the door. She goes, sir, step away from the door. And he's like, she broke my nose. She broke my nose. And he's like six, three, six, four, big guy. And, um, she goes, did you provoke her? 
did you grab her? No, she broke my nose. And he's still like going on about this. She goes, okay, well, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to call the police and you can explain to them that this girl who is five, what, six, seven, five, seven, 115 pounds, just broke your nose for no reason. Are you in shackles? And he goes, no. And she goes, so your hands are free. Your legs are free. Yeah. You know, he's like calming down. And so she just laid it out for him. And the whole time I'm like, don't let him out. Don't let him out. (laughs) He's going to kill me. And uh, she she just talked him down from the ledge, and she's like, "Okay, let's let's work this out." Did you grab her? Yeah. What did you expect to happen? Yeah. And he's like, you know, he didn't think what was going to happen. Was she just going to turn around and smack you in the face? Well, you don't get that choice when you do something like that to somebody. It's their reaction. You don't get to dictate what their reaction should be. And she like completely laid it out for him. Yeah. And by the time it was over, he was like, okay. And he didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to finish the session. So he ended up leaving. But a week later, he tried to come back and see me again. But you weren't No, I was like, no, that asshole. And that yeah. was the only time that it's ever happened. I mean, I Luckily, meant, like, I meant like someone who would want that to be like, I want you to dominate me for a while. And I want to slowly like turn the table I, there are there's switches switches yeah that's that's when someone can be dominant and submissive i'm not that person right and um so no one would come to see me one wanting that but there are people that advertise that they are switches and they can do both sides you ever um see welcome to the dollhouse yeah remember so so no one likes her at all and then and then she just and everyone shits on her and then finally she just shits on her other friend. She goes, you're retarded. Shit rolls downhill. Yeah. She just starts mocking him and saying what a nerd he is. And he's yeah. like, oh, you're so hurtful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My dad taught me that phrase, shit rolls downhill. Shit rolls downhill. Yeah, it yeah. does. If you're getting beaten down by your boss, you're going to turn around and beat down the person who's below you. And that's just the way the ranks of it yeah. works. You've never had sex with any of those guys in the room? No. You've never wanted to? No. You've never wanted to? No. Hot guy. I've had several hot clients that are like, wow, you know, but it makes me more curious, like, how did they get into it? Why are they here? And they don't want to have sex with me. They want, they could have sex, the hot guy can have sex with anybody he wants. Yeah. It's, I'm not that girl and they don't want me to be that girl. You tell them to jerk off? There have been some guys that like that's there and they want to do it. They want to be, be humiliated. Commanded, commanded they want to be yeah. It. They want to be commanded to do it. They want to be humiliated. I don't help them with what? it. You don't. But I tell them like you know it depends on the scenario. But sometimes it's just pathetic that you can't stop touching yourself. Right. That you just look at you. You have to do this yeah. at three p.m. on a Thursday. You can't find a real girl. <laughs> Go ahead, jerk off like that. Yeah. Wow. Something like that. But the verbal is different with every person, <laughs> yeah. depending on how into that they are. Yeah. But for the most part, no, they don't get off. Right. That's why it's weird it's lumped in with the adult industry. Although, I guess stripping is the same way, where nobody really gets off. Oh, that's not true. Private rooms. Anyway. They get out people, but they only, not like naked private rooms, or is it, do they get naked in the private rooms? No, I but it's was like just lap dances. dances. Like some guys can get off just by having somebody gyrate on their crotch. We knew a guy... That would just wear no underwear and the sheerest. Doesn't that make a mess, though? Yeah, inside your own pants. It's fine. Gross. Yeah, J- Joe DeRossi used to do a bit about that. His friends are like, oh, you're going to go to strip club? He goes, yeah, I'm going to go to strip club. He goes, what are you going to do? you can going to come in your pants? He goes, yeah, I'm going to come in my pants. 
That's what I'm looking for. Well, I've 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 heard of you know, girls, girls that I know. Well, I've no, I've heard of girls or heard from girls that guys will cut a hole in their pants pocket and be like jerking off themselves while they're watching while dancers. No. no, not even they won't even pay for a lap dance. Oh, they'll just jerk. They'll off. just jerk off watching, and they're like you know the cheapskates. They See, come me, and like put sexual. a dollar. They put a dollar on the thing, and they just stick their hands in their pants and jerk off wow. in a corner. And it costs them a dollar and a drink, or a dollar and two drinks, or whatever. Oh. And I'm like, wow. Ew. They should come onto the dollar and then give that as a yeah. And be like, no thanks. <laughs> just like, no, I don't no. think. When I, I've been to several strip clubs where I've decided that the girls are not getting paid enough. Really? To have it's to that deal. Private, those private rooms. To have to deal with the people that are there. Yeah. The only reason like, they regular dance is so guys will see them and be like, hey, I want you to come back here with me for. You know, twenty a minute. Yeah. Oh. I'm very pro sex and in pro sex industry. Do you fuck but, a lot? Hmm? Do you do you have, do you have sex? Sorry. Do you have sex <laughs> like, a lot? Come again? What do you say? Like, do you? What's your sexual appetite like? I would say normal. Okay. What I mean? You have two, boyfriends. Two times a week. Two times a week. Okay. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's about that's in a range. Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, with my with my life, it's a little difficult. Yeah, because kids. yeah, everything kind of changes with kids. Barf. Yeah, it's so horrifying. <laughs> I, I sound like a poster for uh, you know, no kids. Yeah, birth control. Don't have kids. It, you won't be able to have sex as much. Who do you have sex with? Boyfriends I have or a just boyfriend. random? Sometimes mm-hmm. just random. <laughs> no, never in between. I mean, long term relationships. I have such a hard shell that you have to break past. Yeah, to be able to like get to that point. Yeah, and I also have a pretty high self-image believe it or not so i don't want to give it. that to everybody you're a businesswoman you have a high self-image <laughs> I, I i i i'm very protective of myself Do people assume that you'll uh that you're gonna be uh crazy in bed crazy well, well like, yeah sure that but like, i mean like have a low self-image or have like low self-worth oh yeah i'm sure there's probably that that people expect low image of you probably too have, why else would i be in the adult industry yeah. That's such a, I hear people using that as like proofs, like, well, if you don't hate yourself, why would you do this? You're like, you haven't proven that hate equals do this. What are you, what are you talking about? You just jumped. Yeah. Oh, I don't think anyone with a real dad would go there. And like, what? I did a pistachio commercial a few years ago where I bullwhipped a nut and, uh-huh. and for wonderful pistachios. And my dad taught me how to use a bullwhip when I was five. I grew up on a farm and I remember swinging this bullwhip and cracking myself dozens of times but i kept doing it because i was like this is really cool yeah and it was also that superhero thing like i wanted to be able to like Catwoman, use that whip yeah that's cool that my is cool. dad was so proud of me when i showed him that clip because i told him i did it in one take you full you like hit a pistachio open i hit a pistachio one open take? on a chair in one take i got a standing ovation from <laughs> everybody in there and they they were like oh my god did we get that the director, director <laughs> like, of photography, they were like, well, let's go back and look at it. And like, we think we got it. They have the whole day left. That's to lucky this. though, right? No, I'm pr- You're pretty You're that good. exact? A pistachio? We did, we did five takes and I hit it four times. Wow. But one time the nut just like went flying everywhere. And the, the fifth time I hit the table and the nut just bounced. But the first time the nut cracked, the shells went off and the nut actually stayed on. That was luck. Wow, perfect. The nut stayed there. When I agreed to do the commercial, I made them get safety glasses. So they gave safety glasses to everybody because I was like, once I crack this nut, it's, it's going to be traveling so fast. You're not going to see it until it hits you. Right. And I felt really uncomfortable doing that. And there was like, you know, 30 people in there. And so 
they're like, say, really safety glasses? I was like, trust me, you don't know where this nut's going to fly. Everybody should have them on. And (laughs) they were like laughing at me. She's like worried about everybody else. It's funny. And I I did it. And it was the first take was just perfect. Did it smack anybody? Huh? Did it smash anybody? No, it stayed on the table. No, I mean the the, the shell. No, it went off and landed on the ground. Wow. Yeah, watch the commercial. It's still on YouTube, I think. Really? Yeah. But All right, I'll put that in. But my dad was proud of me because when you're gonna, if you're going to do something, learn to do it the best you can. Yeah. And I mastered the art of a bullwhip to the point where I could do that. And I was able to use that skill and I made money at it. So That's yeah. pretty cool. My daddy's not I'm a daddy's girl, but he's not ashamed of me. Do you bullwhip people? Mhm. You bullwhip them. Yeah. Like it's Okay, hold on. I don't bullwhip somebody unless I know them because I need to know that they know what they're in for because yeah. it's pretty intense. Yeah. Okay, I have two questions. First, uh-huh. back up one. In bed, mm-hmm. are you, what, what do you do in bed? I'm not dominant. I'm definitely not submissive. I think it's just, a, it's the sensation. Regular hold me sex? <laughs> hold me sex. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> I would say I'm probably adventurous. Like boring? Like, yeah. I don't think I'm boring. I would say, I mean, my, my sex partners, I wouldn't, I don't think would call me boring. Okay. Uh, I'm, no I'm still, I know what I want and I will say what I want. So if you're doing it wrong, I will tell you you're doing that wrong. Right. Let's work on that. I've had to coach a few partners along, but I've been lucky because my relationships, I knew the person pretty well. So I had this comfort level with them that I knew I could say, can we improve on that without yeah. them getting offended? Move your tongue up. Yeah. Go slower, go faster, go whatever. Yeah. You know, just to get it the right way. Yeah. But I would say for the most part, my sex partners have always been very accommodating. They want to... It's like regular movie sex. Is that what you're having? Yeah, definitely not porn star sex where okay. we're swinging from the chandelier. Swinging and tagging. And yeah. that's painful. Like the way that they arch their bodies to have yeah. and lift their legs. I, it's I, like model work. You got to be able to do yoga and Pilates and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. If you're a girl in the adult industry and in porn industry, you've got to be able to stretch. Yeah. Because I've seen porns be made. And I think that's what turned me off from watching porn. Was well, I was I've watching them it. be made. And I'm like... Wow, it's nothing. It, it's you know what not turned me off for a while? They exciting. went to a porn. They rented out a house, you know, in the hills. Like ten grand a night, whatever they do. But um, when I went to the bathroom, just I was just there watching it all and like seeing the production. It was interesting. It was like a story one, like an hour mm-hmm. and a half one, mm-hmm. you know. And I went to the bathroom, and the the toilet was just so full of enemas and douches that I was like, Yeah, oh, they clean themselves out. Yeah, they clean themselves out a lot. Um, yeah, I was I was shocked. Yeah. Okay. Here was my question: Do you ever get any like um, speaking of bullwhips, like sl- slave fantasies, stuff like that? Like I've captured you. Running I a slave have. When you. I was in New York, that was the the most controversial type of fantasy. And the other girls at the club that I worked at were like, "You cannot do that." <sighs> but I had a black guy who wanted me to pretend like I was the plantation owner's daughter, what? and that I he was going to let me do whatever I wanted to with him. And like, so you need to kiss my feet. If you don't kiss my feet, I'm going to tell my daddy, you need to let me spank you. I'm going to tell my daddy and he's going to beat the shit out of you. And one of the guys wanted derogatory words. Yeah, I know that one, but that one was so obvious. Like, so I wasn't around then. You had to do the research. I (laughs) asked, I asked my friends, my black friends. I was like, okay, what's the, what, what are the words that, what is it? Coon? 
Um, coon, That's porch cool. monkey. Porch monkey. Boy. I think porch monkey came way after slavery. Boy, yeah. Um. Uh, that's all I can and think so you of call right them, now. You call them those things? I yeah. Know. So I just, you know, flipped on this racist like thing, which is why I say when I saw your podcast, I was like, oh, he's horrible. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I had those, those types of, of sessions wow. where they would want that Southern bell and I would throw the Southern accent yeah, that I was trying to get accent. rid of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to get rid of it. Um, and I would throw it and I'd be like, my daddy and my daddy. And if I, he ever catches you, you better do exactly what I want. Hey, and boy. Yeah. What the fuck you doing? Um, yeah. You want to kiss my ass, don't you? I see the way you look at me. And I'm going to make you kiss my ass because that's all you are is an ass kisser. You know, just and then like, you make him kiss your ass. Yeah. Like make them kiss the side of my cheek, like yeah. just trying to demean them or whatever. But yeah, that was a fantasy that wow. I've had more than once, and I've also had the hazing fantasy, which was something I've, I was never into like sororities or fraternities. Yeah, so they wanted me to pretend like I was a sorority girl and I was going to haze them. Like my girls, the sorority was friends with the fraternity, so they made the girls do the hazing on the guys. To get so that the that guys could setup. join, yeah. So it's like you know, I had no idea anything about that because I I didn't go into that in college. I wasn't like Greek or whatever yeah, they call it. For you, it sucks. <laughs> Did you do it? No. Okay. But I made a deal <laughs> like, with all my high school friends. I was about friends. to be shocked that all maybe. my high school friends like we're never going to do that. And then all of them, but me and my friend Avi Lerner, they were the only ones who didn't sign up for it. We're like, guys, we're just paying for friends. Yeah, that's really what it is. But I can understand it if you're going to a school that's really far away from where, you're, where your family's from and you want to make friends. It's an instant way to make friends. I get that So is college. Yeah, so is any dorm. Just, yeah, just, uh, just saying hi. Yeah. But I didn't understand what hazing was, so I had to be kind of educated on that too. Like, what do I say? Like, uh, you uh, act like you are the princess that this guy could never get because the sorority girls were always the bitchiest, the overprivileged. Well, I didn't grow up overprivileged. So I was like, ah, how do you act overprivileged? You yeah. know, like uh, just bitchy, super bitchy. Did you ever read that University of Maryland sorority girl b- bitching out the rest of her sorority um, friends because mm-hmm. they weren't like partying enough? But it was like uh, harsh. I could imagine. I didn't see it, but I could imagine. I gotta look at that again. Maybe I'll read it in the outro. Yeah, it's a. Uh, what other weird things that people do that you find weird besides the average, just like tie you up and 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 you know whip your ass? What's like out out of the box? I had a um, a guy. It was just all verbal. He wanted to be put into a cage. Cage. He wanted me. I gave him an apple and some um, baby oil. Uh-huh. So he sat on like a, a wee wee pad, like a puppy oh, cage. Pad. I would think of a cave. cage, a, no cage, like I was a like, where do you find like a, a dog, cave? yeah, in a cage, like an animal. And you have those at the office, mm-hmm. okay? So put him inside this cage, and the scenario was that I am the high priestess of a warrior tribe of women, and every year we make a sacrifice for our harvest. We choose a male from the tribe. The tribe, the ma- the men that are part of the tribe are workers for reproductive purposes or for like sacrifice. And so I had to tell him how we were going to cook him and eat him. And it was a cannibalism fantasy, but it was all verbal for an hour of me. Really? What are you going to do next? And then like, keep going with this scenario. But I thought, and he sits inside of his cage and fantasizes about being eaten by beautiful women. 
and that's going to help us with our crops the next year and that we are going to be a, you know, we're have bounty of, wow. yeah. And for me, that was weird. Like I walked out of the session and he would come back several times. I haven't seen him um, in many years, but he would um, come back in the same scenario every time. Wow. Just and that. Just that. No touching him, nothing. And he would just rub himself down with oil and baste himself. And I would tell him that he's you know, making his skin softer and more supple and easier for us to dig into. And wow. we were going to skewer him through the ass and out the mouth and roast, you know, while he's still roast alive like and roast him like a pig. And, and he loved it. Do you ever ask these guys how they came to that? place i didn't with him because he was one of the guys that wanted to jerk off like inside the cage and um when it's done it's done he was like all right like let me out of this thing so he would like chime out immediately but my guys that i've gotten closer with or that we've developed more of a rapport Uh they they want to open up about it especially if it's some sort of how they first started thing like that like the guy with the high heels yeah because this guy was so i had never seen anybody that was that wrapped up with high heels i've seen high heel fetishists i love high heels yeah i think that they make women's legs look beautiful and i, I get all that i see you know it's yeah. it's it's it, they're lovely i didn't grow up with people wearing high heels because i grew up in the country yeah. so it was a novelty for me it's like wow look at that that's awesome never understood the leaving the high heels on while we're while you're having sex it's like just just they're getting it in the way Hi, yeah you might get an eye yeah, poked exactly. out yeah, that's a very porn thing to do. Or you might drag dirt onto the bed. <laughs> Rip the sheets. It could yeah. be anything. No, high heels are not very comfortable. I loved them um, when I was first starting out because, like I said, it was something that was new to me. And I was I loved the way that they made my legs feel, the way I felt. I was taller. I was more statuesque. But after 20 years, I love to wear them, but I can't wear them like that anymore. It's just not good for your body. <laughs> right. They're not very practical. Not practical at all. No. I don't want to spit about it but lately. It was, this guy, he was so wrapped up in high heels. Like, how do you get that? And so you asked up? about it. Yeah. Because yeah. he can't have sex. Like, he never, he couldn't date because he would have to constantly be wearing you know, making his girlfriends wear these high heels for him to get sexually excited and it was hard for him to like have a girlfriend because he was always buying them nice heels thinking they would get excited about it buying yeah. so i was like you can buy me nice heels yeah. <laughs> i'm not gonna have sex with you but i will I'll, let you I'll get let sexually them. aroused I'll, I'll by buying me you. high heels yeah i'll wear them out when you're not around too yeah. um yeah it's tough because you kind of want them just to be into it the girl just to be always wearing high heels. You don't have to tell her, like, I need you to wear high heels. Yeah. You don't want to have to say it sometimes. Do guys ever have that problem where they're like, I just want a girl to do this without me having to pay for it or having to tell anybody? Yeah. Like, I know guys that their girlfriends But also, they them- get confused. They, they, don't, they don't want it to be a part of their normal relationship because right. they're afraid to let that side of them show to someone for fear that they're going to be taken advantage of for being weak. Yeah, but even it's like, I know guys that, that girlfriends won't give them blowjobs. That's just not a thing they do or whatever. And it's like, I wish they would. And then you're like, why don't you just tell them I want that? Because it's like, I just want them to offer. I just want them to do it. I don't want to say, do it for me. Just do it. And so then it's like, well, you need to find a girl who just does it. And no, because even that girl after a while is not going to want to do it anymore, probably. It's Maybe. Just, you know, it's like, but I mean, basic shit. Everything like, is like all new and exciting. And, you know, when you're yeah. first starting to date and a couple of years in, it's when things start like Getting tapering boring. off a little bit. And that's why people start looking for ways of spicing things up. Oh, yeah. You think, are you less into monogamy after all this? Or? No, more. More into it. Yeah. Why? I've always been monogamous. But like that idea of like, 
it gets boring after a while. It's like to me, it's like that's the doom. Well, of the I'm the weird. I'm the weird um, exception to that role of the adult industry. Like I, for me to be able to relax and to feel comfortable, yeah, I have to be involved with the person. Yeah, but I'm and saying I don't want to bring anybody else in because then yeah. I'm going to be like, I they don't know me. They're not into. I'm okay. I'm not saying. Are you into monogamy for yourself? I mean, like, less into the idea it's a working model. Oh, I don't think it's a very good working model. Okay. Like, for long term. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because um, we say the rest like of your life. Wh- after a while, I need something. Like, this, my partner gets boring. I need something else. It's like, yeah, you yeah. need something else. Yeah. And that's a tough one. Like, relationships, marriage, I think a lot of problems start at marriage for relationships because one person's going to feel like I can't ever do anything else again. What have I just done? I'm like, I'm, I'm done forever. And they start thinking along those lines and then they're, they, they've got to prove that they can still. So they go and try to do something else and then the relationship falls apart. I I mean, open relationships. Those are tough. It's tough too. Yeah. I think it's, it's tough all over. If you yeah. can just find somebody that the sex is good and you're compatible, don't put a whole lot of pressure on it. Just enjoy it. Enjoy just, them. I think and- you just enjoy it for as long as it lasts, just like you do lunch, you know, <laughs> but on a longer scale. And then when it's done, it's done and you don't worry about it. You don't be like, I need yeah, to I'm not a beat the dead horse kind of person. And I think that my past relationships, that upsets them about me because I don't like I get to a point where the relationship is just kind of done. Yeah. I know that they feel it and I feel it and it's like, well, let's just, let's just stop yeah. before things get bad. Why do we have to hurt each other? I did let's that once. Stop. I saw myself fighting with, with my wife actually. And it was like, what are we doing? Let's just stop. It was like a month of like arguing. It's like, we're clearly it's not the same love anymore. Yeah. Let's just call it. Yeah. Before we hate each other. And that, and, and that's hard for a lot of people because they want to just hang on and hang on and hang on. Yeah, but the only reason you're fighting is because you're like starting to not feel like you want to be there anymore and then you're stuck with it yeah so you're like ah yeah it's like when you i've seen a dynamic it's- mostly with guys where they don't want to they don't want to be with their girlfriend anymore or their wife anymore so they'll do abusive things like cheating or um stop being accountable or become a slob thinking mm-hmm. that it's better it's easier if the girl breaks up with them instead of them just saying i don't want to be in this relationship anymore so they sabotage hoping that the the woman will find out and want to break up and that way they can be more of the victim right like oh she broke up with me she broke right. my heart it's like no dick you did all this yeah, shit to piss her off yeah. yeah why would you do all those things yeah. and they hate it when I like my guy friends who have done that and I call them out on it and they're like ah like you were being an asshole you're not making time for her it's a girl that you say you love but you're not making time for her you want to hang out with your friends and pop over to her house for a booty yeah. call at night or you, you know, you're know flirting that, with these other girls. Mm-hmm. It's like that. Because you your don't body really wants to out. Be with that girl. I went out with this girl and we a terrible breakup. Bothered me for like two years afterwards. <laughs> but then, like in the relationship, I mean, I remember like leaving my apartment to go sign up for an, like an open mic and then going to come right back. But then I would stay there at the sign up with other comics for like four hours. She's like, "Where are you? Like, how come you didn't come back?" I was like, "Oh, sorry," but it's like I was out. Yeah. I just you were didn't done. Want to be there anymore, yeah. and then okay. it's like, why am I still upset? Uh, have any of these guys ever stalked you from your job, from your job to become no. problems in your life? Nope, never. Nope. I have one guy right now that just he doesn't respect boundaries, and I've had to like put my foot down with him. He wanted to give me something. I wasn't replying to his texts because I was busy. I wasn't replying to his emails because I hadn't checked my emails for days. So he just showed up at my studio. Yeah, and. 
I got really pissed off about it. But other guys are allowed to bring you coffee randomly. If I tell them to, or if oh, I'm expecting saying, them to be there. I'll be free from 2 to 2.30. You can bring me something then. don't ever just show up unannounced. That will get you hurt. What do you mean hurt? I'll run you down with my car. Oh, really? Or I'll call the police. That's probably a better idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I, there. I I have no patience for that. Like, don't do that. That just breaks all protocol. I don't have an interest in you at that point. If you violate certain boundaries, I mean, people step across boundaries every once in a while. Yeah, um, yeah. I've had clients who've fallen in love and th- think they want to date me, and then you I have, have to. That. Yeah, and then I have to let them know. It's like, no, you want to date Isabella. Oh, uh, and do you have to stop saying them after that? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. I, yeah, when people have gotten too attached, and I like, maybe it's time for you to go explore something else, or maybe you need to look for a relationship. Right, I'm not going to be your girlfriend. If, so you, if came you want to a girlfriend, me, it's fine, yeah. but it's not me. If you came to see me professionally hoping that you could win me over, then I'm sorry that you went yeah. through that, but that's not who I am, and that's not what I want. You know who that works for? Directors. <laughs> they, cast, <laughs> they cast actresses knowing they can date them. Yeah, I mean, photographers, it was that way in New York with photographers and models. Where they would like try to like... Yeah, and know. the models would be like, oh, he's going to make me... She's, he's a famous photographer. He's going to shoot pictures Comedy bookers are like that with female comics, but it's not so overt in their minds, I don't think. I think really? they're booking them just but way in the back. They're like, I could date them, but not even... Out, like They might even have families they don't want to leave or ever cheat on, but still, it's a part of them's like, yeah, I want to be around her, Maybe. It's probably in every industry. There's probably yeah. you know executives who only hire hot secretaries, thinking one gonna, day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. But now the thing is, like, I can't file a sexual harassment suit against one of my clients. That'd be tough. That'd be <laughs> that would tough. be really hard, right? Yeah. Um, but the secretary's protected. If she gets sexually harassed by her boss or yeah. you know the person who's paying her, then um, she could make a lot of money off of it. Wow. Do you? Um when people say you've you got to be fucked up to do this, what's your response to that? Because I'm sure people say that. Something must be wrong with you, right? People don't, well... About you, even if it's not too I you. don't think they say it. They, I've never had anybody say it to me. What right. usually happens is I would get to know somebody outside of my industry. And then eventually the question comes out, what do you do? Well, I, depending on who the person is, if, yeah. I, if it's somebody that I want to have a friendship with... I'll tell them honestly, well, I'm a dominatrix. I own a video production company, a fetish video production company. Every once in a while, you'll see like the car window go up. You like the, right. you know, they just kind of shut down like, oh, I don't want to know this person. Or how could I have just talked to this person? And As a I, real human. Yeah. And then like there's this person and then you see the interest, like they're looking around for the next person to have a conversation. You don't with. try to hide it at all. You just say what you do. No, usually I say what I do. Okay. Your kids know? Yeah. They don't, you don't care. Well, I mean, they, they know to a certain extent. They've seen me on A Thousand Ways to Die. Uh, really? I've been on, yeah, I've been on TV enough Where's that they- A Thousand Ways to Die? There was an episode where a guy died of anaphylactic shock in a latex cat suit, and I was the expert on that. Oh, right. And uh, it happens. People have latex allergies. They don't realize they have latex allergies. Maybe when they put a, a, a pair of underwear, latex underwear on, it doesn't trigger it. They put a, put a full cat suit on. Where their and skin suddenly, doesn't breathe, and then suddenly they go into shock. Oh. Uh, it happened, and they reenacted the scene with the this dominatrix, which was very funny because it was just like so stereotypical what people think a, a domination scene is going to be like. Yeah. And that's so why I, I didn't see that part when I did the thing. 
um, I was just, I'm standing there and they're asking me, you know, is this possible? And so my, as an expert in this, like, is this possible? So when I watched it, it's the scene playing out, the woman telling him, he's a bad, you're a bad boy and I'm going to yeah. spank you. And you know, it's very silly that's what it's, that's, yeah. But my kids, I didn't realize this, but on Netflix, you could watch episodes of A Thousand Ways to Die. Yeah. And um, they've watched them. And I realized later, like, oh, I saw you on A Thousand Ways to Die. Oh, you oh. saw that? All right. And you like, realize okay. what they saw. And then I say, well, you know, the scene where the girl is like, that was very silly. You know, I, I should play I it off. Like, like Yeah. Uh, and they're like, yeah, that was weird. I'm like, yeah, it's very silly. Uh-huh. So they don't know like all the psychology involved in it, but they they know that I make films, adult films, but I don't take off my clothes. They know that my films involve me hurting people. You make films like that? Films like where I'm I'm the dominatrix, films? yeah. Who watches that? They jerk off to someone getting dominated? Uh-huh. Right. That's to me the weirdest thing when it's like when you get like the cuckolding videos. <laughs> The like, fact that you even know what a cuckold is yeah. is surprising. What, what porn, you know, they have categories. They do. Oh yeah, on free porn sites, Pornhub oh, okay. and YouPorn and all those things. And you like, what is cuckold? Let me see. This yeah, or like, you know, Jack becomes a cuckold in front of. So the people don't know a cuckold is like pretty much when you watch your girlfriend fuck some other guy. Yeah. Um, or the girlfriend leaves you to do something inside the house, and she's going to go out and fuck somebody right. else, and she's then she treating comes you back. Like a cuckold. Yeah. Yeah, I've been cuckolded, even if you don't know about it. But the thing is, so the people get off on it, um, get off on the idea of being, I don't know, demeaned to this point with their girlfriend or a wife is yeah, like, fucking somebody over. else. Yeah, yeah. Someone more exciting, someone with a bigger cock, somebody with, yeah. yeah. And it's like, fuck, I feel bad. A lot of times it's a black guy fucking them as you're forced to watch, tied up and watching. Of watch course it. it is. Yeah. That's a fundamental <laughs> video idea. that's the most humiliating thing. That is the most, That's so yeah. silly. Yeah. I don't I watch much, a lot of those sites. I know yeah. what a cook, cuckold is not really my thing because I don't do those fantasies where I'm yeah. going to have sex with them and then go have sex with somebody else. But here's the weird thing, though, with the cuckold videos. So the guy in that video who'd be getting off on it, well, the guy who's the black guy who's fucking the wife on that level, but then the guy who's being tied up and he gets some sexual gratification out of it, like, I get that even. But then you're watching someone else get demeaned at home, and that's what you're getting off on. Because you want to picture yourself. Is it you picture yourself? You're like, look at this guy getting fucked over, and now I'm jerking off to this. (laughs) You're excited by his humiliation? Yeah, if it was was POV cuckolding, where. You know what I mean? Where it's like you I look at the camera, them, like, oh, this is what I, you know, I'm not committed to you I guess, anymore. Yeah, I can see that. Well, you know, it's funny. I've, I've, I've been producing films for like 17 years, and I never really thought of that. I, th- when I shoot films, the guys usually want my guys to be in hoods so they can yeah. picture themselves yeah, there. That, right. They don't necessarily want the guy who's like the perfect body or the perfect tan. It's not them. It's not them. They want yeah. the average Joe kind of guy that could be them. That's and, why I never liked interracial porn because I just had to imagine that's my dick. And when it's black, it's like, that's just not my dick. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a theme that I've noticed since I've come back. There's the, um, the women strapping onto men, pegging. That's a huge thing now. And then the... Strapping onto men? Using a strap on, oh, right, on right. men. Okay, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant Dildo like. training, um, ass-fucking a guy. However, the terminology is pegging was a new one to me I, when I came back from my hiatus. Um, I learned someone asked me if I was into pegging and I was like, well, what is it? <laughs> yeah. He's like, well, it's where you use a, a strap on, on me. And I was like, uh, no, You're not into no, that. no, no, I, I've done it in my personal life and I've done it with some of my slaves that are like my guys, just because it's 
part of the scenario and it, it is funny and it is entertaining when you do that. And there's something to be said about it, but as a service to offer, I don't want to just, I don't want to do that. There'll be fucking people. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but it's huge. Lots, lots of requests, but it's in a lot of films now too. Yeah. Like when I started researching, cause I was putting Strap my websites on. back online and I was like, well, what's my competition? Let me look at all these sites. Strap on girls, fucking guys. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen that. Huge. A lot of, no. you, yeah, I you bet. won't see Why that not? in of my course. films, but there's a big market for it. And then the, um, in porn, I started noticing cause I'm like looking on X biz to see who's releasing what films and all this stuff in the porn industry. It's a lot of, um, not incest movies, but the the stepdad with the stepdaughter. Oh yeah, sure. A lot um, of that. The stepmom with the son. It's very mother fucks fucks daughter's boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. the very family sort of things, and it's like that for me. That's also weird uh, because I steer as far away from any kind of fit, fantasy like that. I mean, I've done like infantilism. Is home? <laughs> no, but come on in. <laughs> Yeah, that's huge. It's always some twenty-seven. And I was, was kind of surprised like, at how big that was. Yeah, but the cuckolding thing is also lots of fantasies about that. I get requests for that, and I'm like, I can do that fantasy. Like, I can verbally say, oh, right. you know, like I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that. But it wouldn't wouldn't be that authentic. Wouldn't be outright. Show me some of your tools. Oh yeah. So you brought some. This is some stuff you use. Yeah. There are, um, I kind of brought a, a cross section. Okay. Where'd it go? You got a whole box inside. Well, this is a, a box inside of a bag. Yeah. <laughs> this is a. Um, just beat people over the head with this box? <laughs> is that what you do? It's doing? my spy case. <laughs> Looks like a uh, bag of pain. Poker thing. Uh, it's called the um, Neon Wand. Neon Wand? Yeah. I like that. The uh, case is. Ooh. It's an Jesus. electrical toy that has all these different attachments to it. And um, Whoa, the first vape? time this one, this kid is fascinating to me because when I first started in the industry, I found the, the place that I worked at had one of these, but it was a very old one. Yeah. And I had, I researched to see what this was, why it was made. It, yeah. was, it wasn't, it didn't look like it was like a torture device. Um, they, the science medical stuff, they used it thinking that it cured baldness because the, um, the electric shock that it sends into the skin stimulate the hair follicles stimulates the hair follicles purifies the no first way. time i ever had one of these done on myself i was getting a facial there's a certain smell that comes off of it like an electric smell yeah and i was getting a facial um first facial ever and i hear this kind of buzzing sound but i didn't think anything about it and then it gets closer to my face and i smell it and i was like oh, i'm about to be shocked by this thing that i've used on people before uh-huh. but it's to after the extractions and the, you know they clean the pores out they do it to sterilize and clean the pores Whoa. so um that's what it was initially so put all these attachments on and then it just oh look at this yeah, that one, uh, there's a one that I can hold this to my skin, yeah. and then I can hold that, and by holding that, then it goes through my body to your body. What do you mean, holding? It shocks. Oh, really? You, as it oh, rolls this is down. Electric. It'll, it'll become electrified through me. You don't plug that one into anything. Oh, uh, really? There's this electrode that goes onto my skin, like I can tuck so it into it my waistband. it pulls out your electric? It sends the electric current through me, and then even just touching your body would send an electric current through you. Wow. It's a sensation play. It can be really painful. Same thing with that one. It's like that a spur. Spi- spikier. Yeah. Spiky and, and electric. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that hurts. Yeah. Wow. You're not supposed to dig it in. It's sensation play. What is, explain. 
Um, just uh, something to to excite the skin. Uh, your biggest erogenous zone is your skin. Like, have you ever been touched by somebody that you really like and you get that like whoa, yeah. that tingle? That's like sensation play. Um, so I'm very tactile when I play. Uh-huh. I like to use someone else's body like that. Like put them in a blindfold, put them in cuffs. And then slowly touch them. And touch them and they don't know where. Well, this adds nine and a half weeks? to that. Yes. Yeah, when the blindfold's on, he's rubbing strawberries all over. All of my girlfriends put themselves, that's when I knew that I was, you know, the dominant or submissive, like going back, when I was watching that, I was in high school, and all of my girlfriends put themselves in the position of Kim Basinger, and I was more Robert De Niro. Like, Uh, I loved the fact that he was was doing that to her. Mickey Rourke. Or no, Mickey Rourke, Mickey Rourke, yeah. (laughs) Um, I love the fact that he, that, he was doing all these things to her and she let him. She let him. She and like, she was so excited by it. But then, you know, it's the, the relationship turns because then she gets mad that he's so excited by it. And yeah. I gotta watch that again. I forgot why it was didn't very, work out. Very racy. Yeah. 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 That's the first time I ever heard Billie Holiday. In that movie? In that movie. And I thought it was a guy, but I loved it. And the first opportunity i got to find that soundtrack i was living in new york yeah and i found out that it was a woman and i, oh, I yeah, bought got that everything voice. of her it like, became voice. huge billy holiday fan and huge nina simone fan from watching Love that nina movie simone. that was like you know nina simone's in that too also joe cocker no but just that is the same genre like if you like this you should try this oh right and i lived on the lower east side and there was a record store that was right around Charlie. the corner from my place Maybe it was still there. It was on 8th Street. Yeah. St. Mark's Place. There's um, a lot of record stores there. Is there? Yeah. There's a few, I mean. This one, you walk upstairs. Yeah, that's can, still there. Okay. Yeah. New and used. Well, I used to go there and um, just filter through, and the guys are like, well, if you like this, try this. And if you like this, try this. So I got turned on to a lot of music that I wasn't exposed to when I was younger through that movie because I liked that one song and I was like, well, there's a song. Joe Cocker uh, was the same thing when Joe she does Cocker? the strip tease and she has the hat and the, the shirt on and uh, the man, the men's shirt. And it's like, leave your hat on it's little strip tease. She does. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. You can leave your hat on. Yeah. Is that it? You can leave. Yeah. So you don't dig this in. You just like, let yeah. it, let them feel it. Yeah. Let it ride across when you're blindfolded and you don't know what's happening. Your skin it's heightens, like, oh. the sensation heightens and then you're getting touched by these things and it's thrilling. It's exciting. I used to be, um, Shomer Nagia. I would, uh, there's a law of Nagia in Judaism where you're not allowed to touch anyone who's of the opposite sex. who's not your wife, daughter, mother, or sister, like direct um, relationships. Otherwise you can't, you're not allowed to touch at all ever. So people go to shake your hand, you just got to be like, I can't. Anyway, so I was doing that for like a solid year. And then this girl, Hannah Lieber, who I had a, who always had a crush on in high school, she was there and, I, and I was, she was getting into a cab. I just put my hand on her back and it was like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're like, I'm never doing that again. Wow. I'm never going to. This is an electric feeling. Just touching someone's back. My first ever session um, with somebody that I didn't know yeah. was a Hasidic Jew. No way. Oh, how and many of that? How much of that do you get? A lot in New York. A lot, huh? Yeah. Yeah, but he was... Um, he They're was freaks. In, he was into feet and legs. Yeah. He just wanted to be on the floor. He wanted me to walk around him in my high heels, and he would reach out and touch my legs. And um, he was a lot shorter than me, but it was funny because he wouldn't take his... his um, Strimal? 
Oh, is that what it's called? The what? top piece that has the tassels that hang off? See, see, yeah, he wouldn't take that off? He wouldn't take that off. He'd take everything else off. <laughs> hang it up, but he wouldn't take that off. Doofuses. Yeah. There's this old story about a guy who's about to cheat on his wife, and they're, they're making out and kissing, and, and then he's taking his shirt off, and he takes his pants off, and the last thing he sees was, was those things, those tassels, so sits us, and he goes, oh, what am I doing? And then, like, stops himself. <laughs> <laughs> what a doofus won't take it off Come yeah he won't take it off was he married and cheating or anything or like I don't know I'll call I... it cheating just because I know if his wife found out that, that'd be it that's the only reason I'll call well, it cheating well I had never seen a Hasidic Jew before yeah. I grew up in Alabama we don't have a huge no, Jewish population no, there no and I um, so the first time I ever saw them you know I was pushing a woman and her husband and pushing a, a stroller in Central Park and I was like, oh, that's, that's weird. Yeah. Didn't think it was like a religious thing. I just thought it was kind of like a summery day and he's got this big jacket on and a hat and she was very covered as well. Like her dress was a lot longer and long sleeve. And I was like, oh, it was a little hot for that. Yeah. Didn't know it was um, a religious thing. Yeah. And then I moved to um, Williamsburg and I was right on the cusp of the Puerto Rican neighborhood and the um, Hasidic Jew neighborhood. And... I saw it all the time. Like they were always walking around and stuff. But my first client, um, Mendel, when he, (laughs) when he left, I was so inquisitive. Like what is, what's going on with that? Like, why would he, why is he dressed like that and stuff? And they told me that, well, it's a, it's a religious thing. And so you can dress like a 16th century Polish nobleman. Yeah. Yeah. So stupid. It comes from nowhere. So all these get electrical charges in the end of them. Yeah. You want to try it? Yeah, sure. (laughs) Try it. Like, what's this? This just this. This goes into this device. Well, I, I don't know if I. I'm going to need to plug this in yeah, somewhere. How about that? All right, I'm going to that work. You want to hold this? Yeah, I'll hold it. Sure. So much stuff. So this is like a normal thing that you use, and then you also have chains and whips and shit. Yeah, I use this a lot. Yeah, I'll we'll plug that in. Hold on, I'll pause it. Okay. Oh, here. And so this stuff hurts, or this stuff is just a. Uh, well, I'll see. You're not going to kill me. So what do we do here? What would you normally do? Just hold out your arm. I'll just let you feel it. I'm going to put it on your wrist. It's glass. It's more sensitive, yeah. It's like a Tesla coil. Jesus, I thought that would hurt way more. Yeah. It's kind of scary, right? Yeah. So imagine if you're blindfolded and this comes out. Oh, yeah. Um, You don't know where it's going to touch, too. It arcs. It's got the Tesla coil technology, you know, inside. It arcs. Well, hold on. Let me switch devices. You can see it better. Okay. I'll switch another one. Okay. It's like, what are those things called when you put your hand on them and they all touch, they all, all the lightning bolts move towards your hand or your fingers? What are those called? A Tesla coil? No, no, no. It's something it's, else? It's like this giant ball, but it's way bigger. It's like this size. Oh, and it's like static. It doesn't yeah, hurt. And you yeah, touch it and I've all seen the it, but I've move. never. I've okay, touch like... that. Wow. Oh, wow. It goes. Wow. It arcs away from the device. So <laughs> Ari is holding his fingers like a half an inch from the actual glass bulb. What happens if you touch the bulb? It, it actually lessens. Touch it. Oh, yeah, it lessens. So the pain is when it arcs. Oh, whoa. Sends the shock out. <laughs> That's yeah. cool. All right, now I'm going to put in the device where when I touch you, you yeah. feel the shock. So I'll Oh, yeah. Okay. She's taking off the fucking 
metal of her bracelets and watches. <laughs> That's hilarious. When did you move up to to electricity? Like when did that? Oh, Jesus. So you're putting that, okay, on your body. Yeah, so, oh, I don't know how it's going to work holding this microphone. Okay, I'll put this in between my legs. You just let it go. Okay. I'll do the same thing. Maybe. I'm just going to set down my microphone because I don't want this super shock. (laughs) I'll do that so maybe people can hear. Okay. Oh, wow. Wow, with your hands. Wow. Ah. You don't feel it at all because yeah. you're based. Yeah. Wow. But when I touch you, touch my touch my cheek or my neck. Wow. And I can turn it down. Wow. That's just a light little tingle. Yeah. So if you don't know, <laughs> so if you don't know where you're coming, that's pretty cool. So that's just light tingles, and people get off on that. No, they just it's sort just of like exciting. Yeah. It's uh, the thrill of not knowing what I'm going to do to you, letting Jesus. control, letting me do what I want to do. Yeah. But everything that I do, I know that you can take. Like, I would never hook you up to a dog prod. Right. <laughs> if you've never had but electricity. You've had that, you have those yeah, I've super used a big dog, shots? Yeah, I've used dog prods and cattle prods on people before, but they were, like, super into electrical play. God. This is very baby steps. Very light. It seems intimidating. It seems threatening. Like you well, thought, so it's much, like, oh, I thought yeah. this was going to be a lot scarier. <laughs> it can be scary if it's done the wrong way. you have a fucking way. giant machine like the guy from fucking Indiana Jones who yeah. <laughs> pulls out the, the, the hanger. Um, wow. Interesting. So this is kind of what you do is kind of just long-form foreplay. In a normal relationship kind of setting, it would be, but it's, this would there's be- no end result of, of orgasm. In my sessions? Yeah. Not usually. This would just be someone being able to let go, letting someone else do something to them and them saying, all right, do whatever you want. I trust you. Right. It's a lot of trust base. It's about um, surrender. Yeah. Surrender. Yeah. And there's a lot of people surrender and serve. How much, what's a normal session? For, not for maybe you, but just in general. If somebody would go like, I'm going to try to find my local dominatrix place. Slave training. Slave training. Um, which would incorporate some sort of whipping. Yeah. Some cock and ball torture, CBT, which is like being tied up, being restricted, being um, weights hanging, like light weights. Just something where it's manipulated, but not very comfortably. It's definitely not like getting a hand job. It's like your... your high heel shoes on a testicle. Yeah. <laughs> you ever do that? Yeah. Oh. Trampling. You, yeah. Can't pop, you can't pop a ball like that? I've always wanted to know that. You could, yeah, sure. Have you ever popped a ball? No. But if you take your high heel and step right on it, you don't go full force? Or No, and the uh, balls move around, too. And your testicles, your body can take a lot. I've done, like, one of the videos that I have is a ball-busting video. I'm, like, full-on punching, like, undercut really? punching. And the guy, like, he's, it's painful. He, yeah. like, doubles over, but then he stands back up. Wanting more. Wow. You know, it's, it's like, that's Cool intense. hand, Luke. Yeah. Stay down. <laughs> no. They don't <laughs> Stay ever down. Stand. And it's like the, the masochists, the whipping slaves that I have that, um, we call them smart-ass masochists because they ag you on to try to get you to whip them harder. Oh, really? Yeah. That wasn't You're very weak. hard. Yeah. Silly things like that. To and get you mad at them. 
Yeah. So they'll fucking and I go just for end it. up laughing. I'm like, you don't have to make me mad to hit you harder. Just, just say, say harder, please. Give it to me harder, and I will give it to you as hard as I possibly can because I want to see the reaction that comes from you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm into, okay, I told you that I'm into like choking and stuff, not being choked. But then it's like, you see the reaction on girls see, I would sometimes. Punch you. You punch have you me. ever, yeah. <laughs> yeah, some girls don't like it. Some girls yeah, are totally I was like, say, no. Would you, like, do you, do you pre negotiate this? No, before? because it's totally not romantic. Okay. So you just kind of slide your hand by their neck. And then right when you're about to come is when you choke them? No. No. Choke when do you for choke like them? a long time. Ugh. Before, during. Like if you're just making out on the bed and stuff, and then you just like put your hand up and then like put it's your cheek into their thing. cheek. You're trying to control them. Maybe. Yeah. But then if you, you might see them, enjoy my classes, maybe to like learn more ways of yeah, controlling maybe. someone, yeah, maybe, maybe without choking them. <laughs> yeah. Every it's always come from a girl. It's like do this to me, and then I do it. I'm like, oh yeah, I like that. I didn't know. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Or no, somebody says fun. tie me up, and you're like, oh, interesting. It's exciting. It's fun. I like I said, I'm very pro sex. If the, if you're consenting. And you can find out if somebody's into it. You hold their hands down for a little bit, and then if they like enjoy the trying to struggle out of it, but don't struggle, don't like, hey, get off me, don't like yeah. struggle like that. But some girls just aren't. You, feel, you put your hand on the neck, they just pull your hand off, yeah, immediately. But there's some and do you girls, lose your boner, no, but it does, it gets like, bigger when it's it. when they when they like do Let the th- sometimes they do the thing where they try to pull your hand away, but not really try, they just like to like struggle against it, yeah. But it's different than like tap, get off me, <laughs> mercy, yeah. <laughs> I don't so know. So a, a right hook to the jaw would probably. Yeah. I had a girl say if she if if I do it if I do that to her again she's gonna punch my balls. <laughs> I was like, all right, I won't do it again. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. See, that's consensual. Yeah. That's consensual play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, w- I worked on a, a criminal case consensual. once yeah. where the um, the guy um, was being accused of murder because he was. He was strangling the girl. She died. And she, he crushed her windpipe. He was so much bigger than her, and he'd never really done it before. Oh, side to she side. She wanted it. Yeah. Um, or at least that was, that was his defense. Is like she wanted it, and he had no, like... Oh, shit. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> shit. Smashed you on your head. You said right, come fuck. on. You can come back up. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I apologize. Sorry. Um, but he he was on top of her and they were having sex and she kept saying harder because she was getting off on it yeah. and he squeezed and his hands just pushed right in. It killed her. Killed her. Oh, you got to go side to side. Yeah, he he didn't know and oh. I was I was brought in for the defense, not necessarily to say he did he didn't do anything wrong, but to demonstrate that it is edge play and it is very easy to take that too far. I mean, you're dealing with someone's throat. And what if you're just like wrestling with a friend and then you fall on their throat like let's say it's not sexual at all and you're well, like that was, that's an accident the, the prosecutor was like pinning him as a sexual sadist a sexual deviant and but so that, not, yeah but it's like okay he is that still doesn't mean he's trying to kill her right they're both into it right so what happened well someone who has um uh, you know that sexual that has sexual sadism that kills somebody or hurts somebody and that's yeah. why they're in court anyway so they always want to make it look as bad as possible to put them in jail uh, but the um, yeah, I can't discuss all the details of it. But he, 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 I honestly think that he just was in over his head, didn't know how to stop, didn't know what his strength was, never really all had right. that experience before. Crushed and, um, a windpipe, and yeah. just killed her. Yeah, edge play. It can happen. Uh, yeah, but a, I took jujitsu, and so the kind of choking you do in that, you just pass out. 
you don't like it's not you don't crush the windpipe yeah you just cut off the the blood circulation yeah i've been choked out before <laughs> not i mean in, did in, you wake up with like a raging headache no i woke no? up super refreshed about 30 seconds later like not knowing what where i was or why the teacher was standing over me yeah the jujitsu teacher i'm like i thought i fell asleep while he was talking i felt embarrassed <laughs> and i was like oh no wait we were doing drills and then he was like, yeah, you, and then we're still in the same drill. And I was like, do Doesn't I have to stop scary, now? scary though that you went out that quickly and didn't little, realize it? Like, perfect move. You could have never woken up. Yeah. If the guy just held it, he was trying to like hold an arm triangle in and I was like, it's not, you don't have it cinched in. He's like, what if I adjust? I'm like, no. And he's like, what if I, gone. Just out. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But it then can, he was like, yeah, go back in. You're fine. <laughs> Happens all the time. Yeah, it does. I've had people pass out in my sessions and it's usually from like one guy came in for his birthday the night before he'd been out drinking too much right. and I had him in bondage and the bondage, the tightness, the restrictiveness, he was in a vertical bondage position and I didn't know him very well as a client. I think I'd only seen him once before, but I noticed that his eyes looked a little glazy. Uh-huh. So I like put my hand in front of his eyes. I said, are you okay? And he's, I'm fine. And then like literally like 30 seconds, I turned around, I turned back around just to watch him because I felt like something was not up. And he hadn't eaten that morning, and I put him in a vertical bondage position, and he was hungover from the night before. Right. And he just dropped. His weight just dropped. Well, as I was turning around to, like, check him, because I was like, something wasn't right with him, and I could tell it wasn't right. But, you know, I think um, if I had the bondage put on him differently and walked out of the room for a second, very easily could have hung himself. Hung him, wow. And it would have been on my hands, which oh, is why I never leave the, the room with somebody, you know, I'm very cautious about things like that, but it only takes a second Wait, before something... Wait, they tied up by the neck? No, no, no. But when you drop in bondage, things can slip oh, right. up your body, depending yeah. on how you put them in. So I'm like super particular of how I tie people up and like just little things like that. Like I was, you, we always keep shears, scissors, safety scissors close by when we're doing bondage. Um but I had to put, he was bigger than I was. I had to lift him up with my leg. My knee went underneath his crotch to try to get him up enough so that I could cut the ropes because the tension was pulling so hard. It was hard for me to get the ropes in there. And I cut him down and I literally like laid him down on top of me because I didn't want him to just hit the floor. Yeah. And then I roll him over on the floor and start slapping his face. And like two, after two slaps, he pops up. Wow. And I was like, what happened? I said, I just asked you if you're okay. Why did you just tell me you were fine? You know, I was so mad. And he was like, oh, I'm so sorry. What happened? And I, you know, he's like, yeah, I went out drinking last night and I didn't eat. And I was like, you idiot. Wow. I thought you died. You know, like what just happened? And it was, it was scary. And um, it's wow. little moments like that that could just change. So you realize also, like as a provider, you are so responsible for the other person. Like, you have to be hyper aware of everything that's going on with them. Yeah. Early on in my career, I heard it was, I don't know if it's a a folklore or whatever, but a guy died of a heart attack in a session with a dominatrix. Yeah. And his family was very well connected, very wealthy, some like political thing. And they covered it up. It never got out in the media and they paid her to move to Denmark. Whoa, really? Yeah. Like, give like a shitload, like, go to Copenhagen and you're fine. Go away. So you don't never come back. And she took it and left. Well, they weren't mad over doing it. They're like, we don't want this embarrassment. We don't want this embarrassment. Are people embarrassed when they show up day one? Are they kind of looking around, like pretending like they're not even, they don't even know what they walked into? What what is this place? Uh, No, everybody kind of knows. Sometimes they're not expecting it to be so professional. Sterile. Yeah. Like it's a dungeon. Like I've had, I've had cops come in and make sure it's not a brothel. 
I'm not having sex here. Are there some that do that like? Oh yeah, I mean, any, any back page or arrows or anything. There's always going to be crossover from the yeah. Adult if massage industry. will d- dive into like sex, then yeah. definitely. So there's always those people, but you walk into my dungeon and it's it's scary. Anybody who's coming into my place wanting to have sex, <laughs> they know when they've come in, they've come into the wrong place. Really? Yeah. I just had a phone call this morning. Um, somebody called me and he's like, um, so where do you work out of? And I said, I have my own private studio. What do you mean studio? I was like, well, it's my, my dungeon. Yeah. Oh, it's not your apartment? He wanted that. Okay, Mr. Creepy. Yeah. You want to come to my apartment and play? That's kind of scary. But I yeah. think he was probably one of those guys that's too intimidated and was probably not looking for my level of professionalism, looking for something a little Somebody's just less trying professional. Right. Um, who's doing it out of their bedroom. Oh, right. Um, so, yeah, he was totally barking up the wrong tree. I guess that's being a turn off when you're like, ah, oh, this is too much of like a business. I, I don't This isn't what I'm looking for. I just I think wanted an experience. It's, it's both. I think that there are the people that respect the fact that it's a business because they know they're not going to get hurt. They know that it's... If you don't want to know their it's boundaries a business, are, well, I wouldn't want to. Their boundaries are set. It's a business. Right, right. They're yeah, there's that. It. You're right. It's way safer because like, yeah. cool, this is like got a there's license. There's some accountability. There's... Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's you know why I do so well is because I have such a good reputation of being responsible and being intuitive and understanding what's going on and people yeah. make them feel safe. It's easier to have that release to have that you know to let go when you trust the person that you're playing with right let me see some of your other tools okay what do you got oh i brought these just because one of these knives um no these were the sounds that like completely creeped out bert when he came and did um the sounds oh yeah the sounds the sounds he said (laughs) he said they have been imprinted in his brain that's right i remember that he said the sounds what are the sounds the sounds are also a medical device oh and you see the various oh. sizes. There's also another Wartenberg wheel in here. But um, these go in the urethra. What's the urethra? The hole in the head of your penis. The dick hole? The dick hole. This thing goes in there with the spurs? No. Okay. That's just a... Um, but these all go in there? Yeah. And they get bigger and bigger. Yeah, so stretching the urethra. You stretch it out. Yeah. Does it go... Okay, so this oh, this would already hurt. This is the thinnest one. That's the smallest, But yeah. this would already hurt. Yeah. And what's his middle? Well, it's usually just to go, you go up from to there. there to there, and then from there to there. Why is it all curved? Uh, I don't know. Interesting. So this wouldn't go into my dick. I mean, let's say, let's assume I have an untrained dick hole. <laughs> this wouldn't go in easily. This is the thinnest one. Um, yeah, that would go in easy. Most pee streams are at least that size or greater. Would it hurt going in? Well, you've never had anything inside your pee hole. Right. It's going to be sensitive. Do you lube it up? Yeah. Okay. And then you just slowly put it in? Yeah. Show me how fast. I'm going to make a fist. I'm not going to let you put it in my dick hole, but like, show me. <laughs> this is very funny for me. That's how fast you put it in? Yeah, I wouldn't be jabbing it in. Oh, yeah. Wow. And then you make it just get bigger and bigger until you get this. This thing's like I've half never an inch had. Of, I think that's impossible. What's the biggest one you've gotten? Um, the 12. Wow. And the 12 was, he. that's a rarity. I've never seen anybody. But the guy who could take the 12, God. I think, used these on himself many times before he ever decided to have someone else do it on him. Is it like girls with buttholes where it's like the more you put stuff in there, the easier stuff goes yeah. in? Wait, but does it go back it's to normal? Hole. Does it go back to normal? Like when you're done, two hours later? Uh, 
I don't think it's like the vagina. <laughs> I think once it's stretched out, it stays a little more stretched, stretched out. out. Like ear spacers. Yeah. You ever see somebody without their ear spacers in? Yeah. You're like, it's ew, like, man, it's there. gross. Yeah. yeah. Put some shit in there. Go back to normal ear. Yeah, you can't. Wow, go back to the sounds. Yeah, so those. Um, That's the sound. Those this? are the sounds. <laughs> the clanging sounds. Yeah, I don't even really know why they're called sounds. Wow. But he thought it was like some harmonic kind yeah. of thing when I said, "Let's show him the sounds." Um, oh God! Yeah, right up the dick hole. Yeah, so that's more. Do you do that with butts also, or no? No. There's nothing you do with butts. I like medical play. I've done a lot of enemas just because I've had them done myself. And making them shit out in front of you? No. No, I don't want to see that. I don't want to smell it. They go in the bathroom. But holding it, having it put in and holding it, that's painful. I had to do that when I was and little. It's, yeah, it's a little humiliating. I you would never shit. You can't hold yourself. And I would never shit, so I had this ball of shit inside me. It was so like, hard. I would just keep holding out. it. Yeah, so my mom made me fucking get an enema and then hold my ass in the air i was like i gotta go she goes, wait hold it you're like okay i'll eat more fiber yeah exactly i don't ever want that to happen again oh it was awful all right let me put this one down so okay I'll drop it and what do you got whips and shit well they brought three different whips okay. so you can see the um the softest the lightest and yeah. then up to like the heavy problematic ones yeah, problematic <laughs> <laughs> the you're in trouble yeah. Whip. <laughs> Oddly enough, it's called the tax whip. I call it the tax whip. Why? Um, because I got it initially um, during tax season, and it hurts so much that it was just became that I'm going to tax your ass. All right. You know, I'm going to be. That one's got like a 15 different little things coming out it's of it. It's called a cat of nine tails, but I'm you can sorry, see buddy. how soft it is. Yeah. Ari's trying out my whips. It looks like a car wash. Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. And depending on how you use this, I mean, even the that. The dog is so oh, scared of this. It comes to my lap. Little does he know. Yeah, you're the one in charge. <laughs> She's the evil one, him. bro. It can be done really super light. Yeah. Or, okay, turn, yeah, yeah, turn around. Do I take my shirt off for that? You can lift your shirt up. Don't like oh, Jesus. I got the mic. <laughs> All right. All right. That's not killer, but it's no. it's like a little painful. If you did that for like an hour, that would eventually uh, see that's not bad. Yeah, see that's light. But the thing is, this is what I want to show you with touch. Yeah. So I'm just warming your skin up. Yeah. Oh. And now I'm oh. touching him with my fingertips. Oh wow. See how exciting that is? Yeah. Why? Why? Because you warmed it up with the, with the tax whip? It, it was, this is a flogger. Flogger? Oh. This is just, it stimulates the skin. It like... What, it just gets it breathing and stuff? Um, yeah, I guess it gets it breathing, gets the, 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 the blood circulating in it. The, it just makes things more sensitive. You're and so then when, you the touch, then when you touch it somewhere else, it's already So more when sensitive. I touch you with my hand, I can feel your body kind of vibrating from just that touch. Wow. And that's, for me, that's the exciting part. It's just like taking someone through that. And then they get harder. I remember they used to do that with people's knees where you would like smash your knee a bunch of times then do the thing where you go out. Oh, the egg, like cracking egg. the egg. Yeah. 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 But you have to do the first part first. Yeah, the tapping. Yeah. They did that with the head too. Really? Oh. <laughs> I forgot about that from high school. <laughs> So this That's is another a, flogger. This is a little harder. Oh, they're harder ones. Yeah. So there's it goes this, this, and then eventually 
the yeah. oneer. Yeah, the tax whip, which is that's um, just hard. It's just yeah, it hurts. Go ahead. I'm hold arm. on. I gotta set the microphone down. Okay. You're too close. Oh really? Yeah, it does hurt. <laughs> that would draw blood after a bit. Um, not this one because it it's not very. It's it's wide. It would get super red. It would get super red, and you would get marked, and you would get bruised, and you'd get welted. Really? And your adrenaline would start increasing. Had did you ever play sports when you were younger? Hell yeah. Okay, that adrenaline. Well, you if you fall, that adrenaline you get, and then you stop, and you're like, "Hi," you're kind of euphoric, kind yeah. of high. It's the same thing when you're getting whipped, and when you experience that kind of pain, the adrenaline comes in, the endorphins come in, and then it's a very calming feeling. So you afterwards, get, when you it get, stops, yeah, you get that adrenaline high. It's like mm. a runner's high, and you become addicted to that to sensation. That. Wow. And it helps that a beautiful woman dressed in leather or latex is delivering it to it. you. <laughs> Are there any uggo chicks doing it? Oh, yeah. And is there's that a people fetish want? for that, too. Yeah, you want someone to get demeaned by a fat, ugly chick. Yeah. Oh, I could totally see how that would be, in, in, like, yeah. if you want demeaning. Yeah. Yeah, because if I went to get demeaned, and it's someone who looks like, who's Gia? What's her name? Who's the girl who played Gia? She's married to Brad Pitt. Oh, uh, Angelina Yeah, Jolie, if it was yeah. Angelina Jolie or Prime, and she's like, I'm better than you. It's like, yeah, of course you are. <laughs> You're so hot. There's no contest. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't wanna, I don't want to <laughs> anger you. But if it's somebody that looks like, I don't know, the chick that won British American Idol. Collar. This is just a basic slave collar. Regular collar. But this becomes such a symbol for people because they feel like when they put this on, it's their, yeah. it's, oh, your oh, arm yeah. is still yeah, hurting. Yeah. It's yeah. Their, um, their license to let go. To just be submissive. Because they feel a color on them? Yeah. And you attach this thing to, the, to their throat? Well, that's so, for so a leash. So you can pull them around? Yeah. So a leash. It's just a symbol. It yeah. doesn't hurt. It, you can lead someone around on it, but I don't always lead them on the leash. But usually everyone who comes to see me that wants to be submissive gets a collar. Because it becomes their symbol of, Do people have their own colors? mine. Some people have their own equipment, but not a lot. Some people bring it. Um, this was the um, the gag that started the gag reflex. Oh, you wash this a lot? Yeah. I'm assuming you washed it after. Yeah. Oh. This inflates. I didn't even inflate it yet. Oh. It inflates like a, what is that, what is that thing Just called? a balloon. Oh, the, like the. Um, For your arm to test your blood pressure? Yeah. Yeah. It inflates like that. So you can get bigger or smaller depending on, yeah. and it goes down their throat? No. Just, it Just fills up their mouth. It fills up their mouth. Wow. Presses down the tongue. You can't talk. Straps on. Presses down the tongue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And this whole leather piece covers up the entire mouth. Yeah, so you can't push it out. Wow. Which is why I said when I had it on him and he's trying to push it out of his mouth, I had to push it back in and unhook it because I... Oh, right. Because it'd be too tight. It'd be too tight. Well, if, he, if he barfs in that, he's suffocating. It's yeah. not coming out. Yeah, it might come the out the sides, but yeah, it would be dangerous. Yeah. He'd be like the drunk person. You know, throwing up while they're laying on their back. <laughs> yeah. And let me see your arm. It's all right. It's just, I can feel it though. It's just red. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. I can just feel it. It feels like a, 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 like a cat scratched me. Yeah, kind of like that. Um, you don't have to put any icy hot on there. It's okay. Oh, that's part of your tools. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was if you this went too one, far. Because I played, um, I played sports. I ran cross country. Would you put track. it on their balls? I, yeah, on the balls. Yeah. But I learned that this doesn't feel good because I had, I had pulled a groin muscle yeah. and I had a cross country meet and I put it on my groin and then my shorts, you know, those, those little bitty shorts that have the elastic band uh-huh. as I'm sweating, it's just moving down 
and my my girl parts were burning from the icy from hot. the icy hot, which of course made me run faster because I was like, ah, I gotta get yeah. water doesn't help. Water doesn't help. No, you have to try to wipe it off, milk. or if you have yeah milk or um, I used something. to do this thing. I was in Israel and I, I had these habanero peppers, super hot yeah. habanero peppers, and I had these sunflower seeds. And Israeli sunflower seeds are massive. They're like that big. Um, you can crack them real easily in your mouth. Can I just laugh at the fact that you still have a flip phone? I just got it a month ago. Oh, you're so cool. Are you like retro? It's not because of cool. That's the only thing that held me back is because people calling me hipster. Just yes. to step off the train a little bit. Just too much <laughs> too much connection. Not enough time of me looking around and observing my surroundings. Yeah. But um, come on. He's popular. <sighs> but, um, oh, so I would always have these sunflower seeds on my desk while I was studying and stuff in yeshiva, and people would just come by and grab them. And so I didn't like it. So I can sort of half crack them open if you just squeeze them. You can crack them open a little bit mm-hmm. so the sunflower seed doesn't come across, apart, but open so up a the, hole. Oh, you sabotage Yeah, I take habanero seeds? peppers and put them in there. Oh. And I worked for like an hour doing them once. So if anybody asked, I would give them the regular sunflower seeds. But if they just took, then um, they would take the habanero ones. Yeah. And they just get killed. But then I went to pee afterwards. And touch my dick with a habanero sauce ah, all over. And there's just... Joke's on you. Yeah. I was like, what did I do to deserve this? <laughs> I mean, you were in the right to keep people from... But you maybe if you had done too a much, less passive-aggressive thing... Just be like, oh, no, like, man, ask first. Ask first. <laughs> instead, yeah. of, instead of trying to hurt them. Yeah, yeah. your little passive-aggressive behavior is what cost you <laughs> yeah. your dick to burn. God, I just had to jump into the shower with my clothes on and just, okay. Blindfold. Basic, basic, one of the most important things, because all these things that I've done to you, if you had this on, it would heighten all those. I would think the blindfold would have been a whole like um, blanket around your eyes or not a blanket, but a sheet around your eyes. But this is just the basic flying one that people get when they're on planes. Yeah. (laughs) I would love to see someone on a plane with this one. You would know. It's very comfortable because it's fur lined. Yeah, fur on the inside. That's nice. It and does. so they can't see anything, and then you it's just like... can't see anything, and then your, you know, your body, your senses are heightened. Yeah. And all I have to do is come up really close to your face and say something, and you feel wow. that warmth. Yeah. And it's like, wow. Exciting. Yeah. That outer body experience of like, what's she going to do? Jesus. So it's like little games that I play that I enjoy. What's you a know, session? How long are the sessions? Usually an hour, but I prefer two hours. Especially two hours? It's, especially if it's somebody that I don't know, because I need to try to explore them it's like you gotta find their limits and what they're into you gotta, what they're not. a roadmap and you got to figure out your you know which direction you're going to take some people's nipples are incredibly sensitive yeah. and an erogenous zone um some people are like get off that yeah some people are like ah no yeah um bondage you know some people like bondage but some people it's like oh my my arm's falling asleep my shoulders you know so nah. you have to like feel people out and try to figure out where um where they're their best places. Yeah. And that's what I want to do is I want to put them in their ideal place. Do you have to ease up to that place? You can't like go jump over the line and pull well, I, back, actually, right? Actually, I brought something um, for you to see. It was my, it's my session application. Yeah. Just so you have an to idea. To apply to be able to do this? Yeah, just to, if you don't know what you're going to do, what you're yeah. into, it gives you, you know, choices. Name, email, phone number. Okay. Any special calling instructions? Okay, whatever. But level of experience. How you served other professional dominatrix. Have you served other professional... So that just goes into, like, have you you had experience before? Who have you seen? And then here, describe yourself. Submissive, fetishist, slave, masochist, servant, and my favorite, pain slut. Mm -hmm. 
I understand. I acknowledge no sexual activities are being offered. That's an obvious one. Because Session some detail. people now don't realize that that's not, not that. what's going on. They see all these things on these tube sites yeah. with bondage, and they're like, oh, I want that. Yeah. It's like, well, I don't Sissy, do that. Mistress, slave, nanny, naughty schoolgirl, foot fetish. I used to get the Lolita thing when I was younger, oh. playing Lolita all the time. Calling guys daddy and stuff? No, just like manipulating them, being teasy. Oh, really? Activities, check all the apply ice cubes. I remember that from Do the Right Thing. Was it Do the Right Thing? When he takes like ice cubes and put in a hot Brooklyn day and like puts it all over um, Marissa Tomei. Not Marissa Tomei. This is the one I from White Man I Can't Jump. I did see that. Um, Who's that girl from White Man Can't Jump? And she was in. Rosie. Rosie Perez. Perez yeah. yeah. And so he like t- puts ice all over her nipples and stuff. And it's like. Yeah. Needle play, kneeling, nipple torture. Jesus. So they just tell you everything they have. So that way you can get an and idea. Even of, if they don't know what they're into, if you're going through that list and you're like, oh, I definitely don't want that, you wouldn't check it. Right. Or, oh, that sounds kind of interesting. Right. I don't know. You should have people to be able to access to. Like, I definitely, uh, maybe that, but definitely not that. Breath control. What's breath control? That's like with gags. If I were to put oh. a gag in your mouth and I hold your nose where you can't breathe and I'm looking at you and suddenly you realize I, I control that. Right. Knife it's play? Like, it's like you're choking yeah that's breath control (laughs) i always say that like uh uh, you want to hold on to a choke until they tell you to stop and then like two seconds afterwards so that they know they can feel like they're not in control control. yeah Yeah. otherwise it's no fun if they can just stop it whenever they want what's knife play putting a knife to your throat um or just rolling it across your body teasing taunting about castration how much do you really uh, like your you'd private part rub a, a knife around a guy's dick yeah. without pressure yeah. just like with the sharp side though the slight of slight move of my hand in your eunuch razors or just knives 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 i used to do that when i was uh, super depressed i would rub sharp knives across my um uh fuck my vocabulary is awful today across my veins just to get the feeling of like, if I wanted to, I could just do this. It's the power thing. Yeah. I could, I could end just this. end this. Yeah. Wow. Waxing. <laughs> that's the, like, that's not like going to a massage parlor. It's not like a, that. Like not a massage parlor, a um, spa and getting wax. That's it's like not like that. Oh. Wax stripped on you. Candle wax. But I can do waxing. And I'm a slapping hair pulling forced eating. I have. He's my favorite. I've seen him probably for 20 years. Uh, Funny, he used to be a, a comedy writer in really? New York. Yeah, he's, what did you he's say? Funny. Eat it, piggy. That's exactly it. He is my piggy. I force feed him pies, telling him that I'm going to make him so fat that no one is ever going to want him again. What is and it, he's always going to be able to. He's always going to serve me. What's his body type? He's not fat. Fat. He's bigger. And over the years, I mean, I've seen him for 20 years. He's gotten so over bigger. the years, he's gotten bigger. He's in his probably well, all that pie. late 60s. Well, I see him like once every two months. Now he flies to LA to see me. Really? But I call him Piggy. And that's our scenario. He's never been married. I am probably one of the most important people in his life. I was with wow. him when his mother died. I was his confidant for that, which I, you know, I get into their lives. They know me. They can trust me. They can feel vulnerable with me. They can so tell they, me how they're feeling. Do they do that? Do they just open up and his, not, and like, forget the mask today. I got to tell you something. My mom um, died or just no, don't they get just, to it. They call me oh. because he's, you know, I knew him very well when I was in New York. And, um, when he called me and told me that his mother was sick, yeah. you know, he didn't have anybody else to tell. He was an only, he's an only child. His father died years ago and his mother's sick. 
Yeah. Who's he going to tell? And um, so, or who is, who's he going to tell where he can feel vulnerable? You know, like really like let the emotions out. It's you. And um, when she passed away, he called me and I, I had met her before. What? He, yeah, he introduced me to his mother. As his dominatrix? His friend. Okay. His friend. And she, um, she was very cool. She was like total New York, Italian, yeah, funny, like quippy. She was great. Wow. She was abroad. Abroad. Yeah. One of those broads. Yeah, she was. You could tell, like she, she was no nonsense when she was younger because she was still no nonsense when she was old. What's um, furniture serving as furniture? They should sit down. You sit on them. Yeah, sit on them or kick my legs up on them. Lie down on them. You ever take a nap on somebody? <laughs> no. <laughs> What's a TENS unit? A TENS unit is the other thing that I brought. It's also an electrical device. Oh, Jesus. Um, I wanted you to see the two different sensations between this one and that one. Okay. Um, so. Let me set this up. I'll set that. Whoa. How can people find you if they want to find you and hire you? Um, IsabellaSinclair.com. S-I-N-C-L-A-I-R-E. Mm-hmm. Isabella with two S's. No, no one. one S and two L's. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'll put it all on my website okay. when this comes out. Let me um, set everything down. Let's see what this is. So, all right. So, plug this in. The question for you is where do you want to put these two pads? They're sticky pads. Um, where do they go? I normally put them on the testicles or really? on the shaft of the penis. How, how or I can even put them on your butt. But you can't put these above your um, belly button. Why? Because it conflicts. It's an internal type of electricity and it could... Um, how, how, much is, how, how, like, how, how much of the electricity I'm not going to I'm not going to hurt you. You're going to feel it. It's not going to hurt. All right, if I were put, to crank it up, yeah. it would hurt. All right, let me pee first, and then we'll put them on my balls. Okay. Because <laughs> I may as well try them there, right? Right. All right, I don't want to pee on you, though. So. <laughs> I don't want that either. <laughs> Does that ever happen? <laughs> no. <laughs> Has, have you ever, like, been doing something, and somebody just shits themselves or pisses, and is like, ah, fuck, fuck, sorry? No. No. Never? No. I've done enemas, and I was afraid that the person was going to not Blast be able to make it into the bathroom. Yeah. So I'm very selective about doing medical play. Like, if they've had experience with medical play, I'm like, yeah. okay, well, we can do this. But yeah. It can be. I don't, right. want, I don't want to be. Well, hold, on, hold on, let me pee, and then we'll do this. <laughs> okay, I offer my balls because I assume like you—that's what you wouldn't mind doing, and I'm sure you've seen a thousand balls before. <laughs> so, all right. <laughs> well, I do know you just showered because I came oh, yeah. in right. After, <laughs> exactly. So. This is the cleanest they're going to be. All right. Um, so I'll just take them out. Yep. Come here. Okay. <laughs> it's like a doctor. Yeah, it is. I like do a this doctor. all the time. Okay. So they're sticky. <laughs> Oh, my balls aren't their regular gigantic cells today. They're hanging pretty normal. Nope. You actually you're gonna have to hold these on. A little hold them on. Yeah, because they're not as on gentle. myself. <laughs> hold on. Wait. All right. Why don't you sit down? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my God. Oh, sorry. Okay. So Ari now has these electric pads on his testicles. On my testicles. All right, so I'm going to start you out slow. Okay. So you tell me when the you start. The dog is whimpering to... for me. <laughs> Sympathy. Yeah. Um, you tell me when you feel something. <laughs> Are you nervous? <laughs> I'm sort of wondering what it's going to feel like. Nothing yet. Oh, there, it's barely starting. 
It's just like East Dem, a physical therapy place. Right. It's the same kind of thing. Yeah, barely anything. Mm-mm. Maybe they're not pressing down enough. Are they, are they are. <laughs> my balls are such a fucking... Hold on. I'm going to rest this on my chest. Okay, go ahead. They're on the balls now. <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> fucking weird. Ah! Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You said you weren't feeling it, so I was I just turning it, it up. <laughs> then I felt it. Wow, weird. <laughs> so you probably don't feel anything right now. No. All right, I'm going to change the setting. See, this device has different settings. Yeah. Um, this is a little faster. It's called Climb, so you'll... <coughs> is it choking you? No, dog. It's not your time. It's my time. Did you do this to Bert? There's no way Bert pulled his dick out in front of you. Did he? Oh, yeah. He was totally naked. Was he really? Oh, not when I did his podcast. I'd already seen him. It was on TV. When I did, uh, I did hurt Bert with him. Oh. You should be feeling that. Just barely. See, I'm turning it up and then suddenly it's going to like, Zah! You again, oh. you didn't pull it out, did you? I, I can feel it, but just barely. Setting. Some settings with certain attachments <coughs> don't, um, don't do as much. This setting is called, it's the funniest setting, it's called orgasm. Really? Um, but it doesn't cause that, I've tried. I can't, I taunt them. I was like, oh, it says orgasm. If I turn it up higher, then it, that's what it'll do. And then, of course, no, it won't. No, it won't. <laughs> that's a little bit. It's mostly my right ball. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> weird. You're feeling it now? Yeah. Oh, weird. That's <laughs> so strange. So that's the tens unit. It's like this ants in there. Like yeah, rocking biting. around. Yeah. And again, okay, you're well. you're not in the situation that most people get. This usually they're tied down or they um, bound in a chair, and it's supposed to be sorry, buddy. It's supposed to be torture. You're gonna have a lot of ball hair on there. I apologize. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so they were sticky. Yeah. <laughs> they're sticky in a way. Um, wow, it's just like Easto. Yeah, so I have, I have dozens of these. Wow, awesome. they have the same sticky things too on on those physical therapy things. Yeah. Wow, and then you have ropes and stuff. Yeah, just basic. Yeah. Is there a specific type of rope that's less chafy? Um, this is nylon rope. Nylon rope. A lot of people this stretches, so it's not the best for certain bondage things. But this is easy to clean, so I use it. Wow. But hemp rope. Is what a lot of the bondage people do because it doesn't stretch. So every knot that you tie stays just that tight. If you were to wiggle in this, knots could get tighter or they could get looser, oh. depending on how you were tied up. This is probably one of the scarier things. Oh. It's a cock ring. Okay. So that goes around your dick shaft. Yeah. And, and then you have these screws. Four screws, one on north, south, east, west, and they get screwed in. And it tighter and tighter. If you try to get erect, if it's put on when you're soft, and then you uh, try to get erect, you're only hurting yourself. Oh, wait. Okay. Okay. Now, I know about behavior of a penis, but only so much. When you get erect and it starts digging into these screws, mm-hmm. isn't the thing that's making you erect the fucking 
uh, it can be sexual arousal. So, yeah, something else could be the fact that you're being controlled could be arousing to but you. But won't, won't it just get more erect? Sometimes it does. That's the, that's the weird thing about your body. You would think it would tell you to stop, Yeah. but the body doesn't always work that way. Yeah. You want it to stop, but you don't want it to stop. You it's want like it falling stop. and putting your hand on a stove. To like, yeah. <laughs> it's like you can't just let off all your weight's on there. Wow. So it's just going to be super painful, and that'll make you like but feel less aroused. Feel of it, it's not sharp. Right. It just pu- pushes the pressure in. Would that draw blood? Uh, no. If somebody got super hard? I don't think... It would probably bruise them, mm-hmm. but I've never had... Are there any that bruised? are really sharp? Yeah. Yeah, there's some... And people want those. Yeah. Jesus. But you have to be very careful with those. Like really? If someone moves the wrong way. I've had um, clients come to me that have played with mistresses who didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. And put like alligator clamps, you know, the, the clamps with teeth on them. Yeah. Put them on their skin, but didn't realize that they were alligator and jerked them off and jerked the skin off with it. Uh, I have two clients. That wanted have, that? Huh? Wanted that? Wanted it. No, no, no. Didn't want that. Oh. I have two clients that are both missing their nipples because of that situation. Uh, really? Nipple clamp, alligator clamps on the nipples. P- pulled the and nipple the off? the mistress jerked and the flesh came off with it. Uh, so I wouldn't think that would be a very common thing, but both of these guys, I was like, how well did you know this mistress? And they're like, I, she, I just went to see her in an ad. I was like, so you don't know if she was trained or she even yeah. was not on drugs. You just, you know. Are there really bad ones of what yeah. you do? Yeah, yeah. I've seen several people that go to clubs and play. Mm-hmm. And I just sit there. I mean, I've stopped scenes in clubs before because I could tell the person didn't know what they were doing. Swinging whips at people, hitting them too high. Oh, really? Wrapping around their necks. Hey, how much does this change your worldview? Mm-hmm. Well, like, you're surrounded by this all the time. I... Because, like, okay. I'm compassionate. I'm uh-huh. understanding. I don't judge people. Everybody's got their story. So... But I, it, are you starting... Do you start to look at everyone and be like, I know you're into something crazy? No. You don't? Because you can't tell. Okay. I mean, you would be surprised at the people... Like, the porn stars I know, they talk very casually about squirting when they're out in public, and it's like, your worldview is kind of skewed. Yeah. Like, the things you're no. saying is not normal for other people. No. So, did you bring some of that with you or no? No. Okay. You understand no. those I'm things I'm very are, censored, and I don't even do a lot of public play. Like, people want public humiliation. I never want to offend the person next to me who's not privy yeah. to our games. That's how I'm on mushrooms. Where it's like I don't want to scream and ruin somebody's movie. Right. You know, <laughs> that's the worst so thing. I'm very you can do. conscious about that. So our play is our play. It's private. Yeah. And you can bring other people into it, and if they're consenting adults, then that's great. But you don't take it out to public and make everybody else listen to it or be subjected to it. Most people don't even know what I do. Like when they meet me, they haven't got a clue. Yeah. And I like that. That just means I, I don't fall into the stereotypes or the different categories. Do you ever look at other types of torture over the years and try to pull that into your game? Uh, I went to the torture museum in, in Amsterdam. Amsterdam. I went there too. Whoa. The thing with it, on the, when you're on the, like the little pyramid, your back breaking. Yeah. All or these the things look like that. the one with the weights on the legs and mm-hmm. it's on the pyramid that looks like the tree. And it the, pulls the, you down. Yeah, it pulls you down on top of the point. Yeah. Sick motherfucker. Yeah, you just sit on it and it pulls you down. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, shit like that, like like that, that one with the with the screws. Yeah, if that was sharper, that would have been. I could see that being yeah, in that museum. Because they have them like the heads, the Wasn't sharp that a cool things museum? going to the heads. Yeah, it was scary. Middle of nowhere, and you just go through these like hallways, and you see these and different like, torture and devices. And I was already. I'm in this industry, so I see a lot of torture, and I look at that, and I'm like, that's bad. That's scary. That's like burning people alive. Yeah. 
that's like not consensual fun. Let's let's yeah. let's explore kind of stuff. That's like scary. We're making you do it. I mean, if I I would have been a witch burned at the stake. I, there is no doubt. They look just at your bag because, and like, come on. Just because I'm open minded. It's not that I look that part or yeah. that I tell hair. everybody that the way that I you know tell everybody about my proclivities or whatever. But um, if they knew anything about me, because I'm open minded, I don't get squeamish about things. I probably would have been a great doctor. Right. Is <laughs> there is there an end game for this? My end game. Well, like porn stars have a short, short shelf life, partially because once you get older, it's your milf at like 28 and then also the coke use gets like downhill, but like you need to be hot. It's, it's been an interesting career for me because my idea of what I was going to look like when I was 30 and I started when I was 21, what I looked like when I was 30 was not what I ended up looking like when I was 30. When I was 30, I looked like I was 24. Right. People didn't know my age at all. And that's when I did the commercial. And I also was doing tons of spots on um, Mansers and Spike, other Spike shows, The Thousand Ways to Die. I was doing things all over the place. But I initially thought 30 was going to be, that's when, you, that's when you clock out at 30. No, no, I was 39 when I did the commercial. Oh, really? I was 30 when I did like HBO Sex Bites and things like that. And so my idea of what I was going to be like at each age was different. Oh, so you don't I know. get to that age, and I was like, "Oh, well." Yeah, but at now, sixty, you're I'm not an, still going to be slinging heat. No, I've invested in real estate. I have always been really smart with the way that I do my money. Um, I could be an educator. I, t- I teach classes. Can you open up your own like? Um, I don't know. What the I would word rather would be. go the first in, place like, you work. Could you open up a place like that? I just started designing my own leather line. Mm-hmm. A sophisticated kind of leather clothing because if you look at a lot of the dominatrix gear, like leather, it's very eighties, yeah. dated, yeah. kind of cheesy. Okay. And I have this visual image of what a sophisticated Updated. leather is supposed to look like. So um, I just um, commissioned to have my first piece made, and so they're doing the the patterns for that right now. So I'm hoping to release my own leather line and also my own latex line through a company in Amsterdam called Damask that I work with a lot. So they want to do. It's like Isabella Sinclair's line. So it's, there is a like, you can't be a 65-year-old doing this. There are. There are. Yeah, yeah, t- there totally are. It, though the people who go to you, those types of people, would they be less likely or is there like, is it only a small? I think that the demographic probably changes a lot. Like right now, I have a lot, a lot of very young clients. Oh, so it would just be older clients. I think that they come and see me because they look up to me in a way. It's very like I'm ex- oh, the experienced school woman. mom shit. Yeah, that or the cougar right. thing. I'm but the, like you're the there better because you're more wise than them. Wiser, and they are oh. being led into it. Yeah, the the client that I saw the other oh. day, he's 24 years old, and I could tell he was young. He looked like a man. Yeah. He had a beard. You know, bigger guy, probably six two, six three, big guy. Um, but I saw in his eyes, like he he had the eyes of a boy. Really? And so I just asked him. I was like, you know, at the end of the the session, I was like, "How old are you?" And he's like, "I'm 24." And I was like, uh, "I could see it." But that's the demographic that I see is a lot of like early mid twenties. And um, I wonder if guys date cougars on purpose just to be told what they should be doing in their lives, not just. But well, like, that's there's one probably of, one something of the very exciting about like. Letting her take control. I'm sure with yeah. the cougars, that's the, and the whole... cougars do. Like, I know a place. We'll just go to this restaurant. Yeah. Or okay. I'm going to tell you how to do what I want you to do the way I want you to do it. And you've got the stamina to do it, unlike 
<laughs> right. them in my but no age. schooling. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Oh right. Yeah. Exactly. I had a girl find it because I, I girls get so mad at me because I date younger women, and other like middle like people my age get mad at me, women. And then I finally had some fan write like, "Oh, I just dated a younger guy, and I get it now." Their bodies are way better, and they're just like, <laughs> go yeah, for hours it, has, and hours. it has its pros and its cons. Yeah. Um, well, fucking cool. What else should I know about this world that I don't know that you haven't told us? Uh, the thing that I tell everybody if you have an interest in it, start yeah. slow. Don't just. Um, you get a lot of guys that just go once ever, and they're like, that was interesting, and then just don't go back out of no. Not usually. I mean, I my my industries. Uh, I base my income on repeats. Right. They try it and they're like, "Wow, okay, I like that. Let me see and what else I it. can do." Yeah. Check let's out some more boxes. Let's, exactly. Check there have been, some more there boxes. been furniture. Let's try that now. Yeah, I got a new piece of furniture, new torture device. That's really the only way you're going to find out what you're into, right? Yeah, by try trying it. it. Try it. Um, if you have the, even like the remote interest in it, you should try it because you don't want to be over the hill older and go i wish i had tried that yeah. you know i didn't know i it's just like wanted someone to pick my saying, nose regret the things you have done not the things you haven't done try I like it be saying. safe don't force it on anyone but just try it yeah and i think with the 50 shades of gray thing coming out now oh you're gonna get a shitload of business well i have a couples class that's um february 8th teaching couples how to bring it into the bedroom out of my studio which is on my website but I have more couples that want to come to me and like learn, like really? how do I initiate this? How do we start the role play? What kind of stuff do I need to get to start out playing? I'm so shocked that when I, I yeah. go over all that stuff, I had a girl who told me about tying her up and she had rope kind of like that. Maybe it's nylon rope or whatever. And she was like, this feels better on my skin. But then I, she left in my apartment once. I said to someone else, like, I'm going to tie you up. And they're like, oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, really? Just no one ever offers, huh? Yeah. She's like, no, no one's ever tried. Yeah. But you don't want to ask. People are afraid to. Yeah. And this, the, that Be new called a freak way. or get laughed at because you're not sure yourself. Yeah. It's definitely something that's harder to bring up the first couple of times. But I tell people, if you're into this and you know you're into it, yeah. get it out there as quickly as possible because then you're going to be able to gauge whether the person you're, in, you're with is either into it or not. Because you're going right. to have to choose either you're going to be with somebody who's not into it and sacrifice that and then probably come and see me uh-huh. <laughs> or you're going to find somebody who is into it and live happily ever after because you're going to have no, yeah. no boundaries. If you can talk, the two hardest things to talk about are sex and money in a relationship. So if you can get past the, either one of those. Sex and money. I wonder how this Fifty Shades of Grey is going to, I don't know how to feel about it. Either part of me feels like Nah, people are going to go like, you just got that from Fifty Shades of Grey. And then part of me feels like there's going to be a lot more women who go like, oh, hey, that's stuff you're into. I want to try that. Yeah. yeah be, I think it'll open people's minds a little bit more. It, to me, it's very palatable. Yeah. So it doesn't, it doesn't come you across read the book? as being really scary. I did. I didn't know what it was about forever, and I see all these very vanilla friends on Facebook talking reading about it that are reading it. Vanilla people. Yeah. Wow. Vanilla is the non-kinky. I call them straight. Straight, straight people. That's, that's straight or gay. No, but I mean like don't do drugs. A straight I mean, edge. Straight. Straight edge. Just like live their lives like a regular, they have a house and a dog. That's they don't vanilla. do anything weird. Vanilla. Yeah, that's sure. Vanilla. That's probably a better word than straight. Yeah. Yeah, straight it might confuse people. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're making these you know comments about it and I was like, all right, what is this book? And I Googled it and I was like, how do I not know about this? This is my industry and I don't know about this book and yet all of these people know about it. And um, so I, I had someone send them to me because you couldn't buy them in Alabama. 
Really? Source, yeah. Illegal. Well, they just, didn't, they just didn't, didn't want to sell them. Yeah. So someone sent, sent me the, the books and I read them and they were a quick read and I could see why people were excited by it. But for me, it was like, I'm a sprinter and you're teaching me how to walk. Right, you already you know, know all this I already, shit. and some of the things factually, like it does, just doesn't work that way. Um, oh, really? Like what? Well, just the way um, that it's introduced, and this girl, you know, she's she's a virgin, and this guy, that's the way he like introduces. She's a virgin. Yeah, and he's going straight to that. Yeah, nah, bro, no fucking way. <laughs> yeah. I dated a girl. I went on a couple of dates with a girl, and then we didn't. We just like kissed. I think first date, maybe that's it, and then um. Maybe a little more, but we didn't have sex. And then the second day, she told me about her sexual past. And it was, she had a boyfriend for seven years. And she'd only had sex with one of the guys before that. And so she hadn't had sex with anybody for six months. And so she broke up with the, with the seven-year boyfriend. And I was just like, oh, this ain't going to work. <laughs> because the stuff I want to show you, it's, it's like <laughs> teaching calculus to a third grader. It's just like, you can't get there. Yeah. Well, that was one of the virgin. things You this. can't do that like, shit with a virgin. Well, they made it seem like if you're really into the guy, you'll do anything. That and, guy should have been like, um, go on your way. That's why he had to be rich and handsome Attractive. and powerful and all these things because a normal guy could never probably get that going. Right. He had to also fill these other niches. Well, they're like, I'm all in, but fuck, all right, I'll try this one thing that I don't know about. Yeah. Because everything else is great. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm curious to see how it's going to go. It'll be interesting. Um, I'm supportive of it when a lot of people in my industry aren't because of the way that it it portrays that you have to be fucked up. You have to have some sort of trauma to be into this because the oh, main really? character had some sort of trauma. Um, and a dominatrix took him in and cleaned him up and made him That's the problem, learn. though. Whenever you talk about something, even if you talk about, like, I talk about American Sniper or something, how shitty it was. People are like, why are you against the troops? I'm like, I'm just against bad movie writing. There was no plot. That's what I'm against. And so it's like you take... And you want to shit on one thing, and then it makes you shit on the whole. So this one guy, so this one character was fucked up and a domination. But that doesn't mean that they're saying all people that are into this. It made it sound like this woman, this older woman, took him in and helped him and cleaned him up and made him a slave. And then through that, he learned control and he learned discipline and he learned all of these things. But if she hadn't stepped in and like corrected his behavior, he probably would have been a. A drug addict freak. That that's like people getting mad at Batman because he trained when he was in prison in fucking Croatia, wherever he was. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it doesn't mean that's the only way to learn how to fight, but that was just one of the ways. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. And I think a lot of people also, if it if this becomes too mainstream, yeah, it it's loses not excitement. Be, yeah, that's it's not a problem be as too. That's a problem too. That's but, what a little I'm but afraid I'm of. But I'm very mainstream. I mean, as far as people in my industry, I'm probably the most mainstream. Yeah, the most crossover. So I'm all for that. Like I think the more people you can open minds and educate and make it seem like not all freaks do this, and like you know that is a, that is part of the excitement this. though is that people aren't into this. People would be shocked if they knew what I was into, instead of just like I like milk from the supermarket. You know, <laughs> no one's shocked by that, so there's no excitement level. Yeah. This is why guys and girls when they start dating, they're like don't don't we don't tell anybody. It's like oh, I don't know, just and it's like because they want it to be mysterious, yeah. some level of excitement and like not allowed. Yeah, that will go away. But what can you do? I don't know, but it also will open up people's minds to it a little bit and maybe make it a little um, a little easier to talk about for yeah. the people who are into it. Like I have a client who just started dating a girl and he's like, how do I tell her about this? I was like, you, perfect timing. 
Take her to see the movie. It's oh. Valentine's Day. Gauge her reaction. Gauge her reaction. Based on that movie. Yeah, like You couldn't have it timing. set up any better. Perfect timing. <laughs> and he's like, oh. <laughs> I had a friend, Joe Rogan, he used to talk about, on stage, he would talk about the two types of girls in the world when it comes to blowjobs. People who love giving them, people who hate giving them. And he goes, look at your date right now. If As I'm talking about this, she goes, oh, then just run. Just run away. <laughs> She'll never be the girl you want. Well, there's a lot of variations. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's oversimplifying. Has he showered but... today? Has he? <laughs> yeah, there's like, absolutely that. There's a lot of reasons why you may not want to right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> blowjobs. You've segued a lot into blowjobs. I guess so. Um, <laughs> all right, Mistress Isabella. <laughs> What's your real name? Don't even tell anybody if you don't want to. Um, it's, it's not that hard to find out. People have found it out before, and they're always, I don't hide it. I just yeah. don't use it. Once well, your stage name, because you're like talking about. I like my superhero name. Yeah. And I think it actually fits me better, but when people approach me, they're like, I know your real name. And you're like, so like, what? Right. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, do you, uh, uh, what was I just going to say? You're on Twitter? Yeah. Mistress Isabella? No, it's Gwen Media, which is my Gwen. production company. At Gwen Media. Gwen Media. Okay. That's but what I assumed you, your real name is, Gwen. No, Isabella. Don't even tell so me. So if you, Gwen Media, Gwen is a character in a book, the story of O. The Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's the company kind of formed what based book? on that. The story of O. I feel like I've it's heard a, of it. It's an erotic novel. Oh. It was banned for a while. The woman who wrote it wrote it under a pseudonym. It's very risque. Pseudonym. Pseudonym. Um, Well, maybe I'll... No, I'm not going to read it. I've read like three books in the last decade. Um, (laughs) Why start now? Yeah. All right. So give me your uh, uh, company later. Well, give it to me now so people can find you, but I'll put it on the website also. Uh, My company is Gwen Media. Gwen Media. My own website is IsabellaSinclair.com. Dot com. And people can find you and schedule like appointments Mm -hmm. through that. And you have an office in downtown LA. Yep. And I teach classes and I do a lot of public appearances and soon i'll have um you know my my line of clothing coming yeah. out so. do you do the um the um bachelorette party classes <laughs> like uh like an old school no but i have done a bachelor party where i showed up and spanked the guy and um his his bros set it up yeah and i get there and he's like i'm not going to be spanked by her and i was like okay let's have a drink <laughs> like he was fun. like the guy's like, no, that's not what we... I'm like, I'm not going to hit him if he doesn't want to be hit. Consent. Yeah. Are you kidding me? That's not... You're not going to hold him down. <laughs> yeah, I'm not raping forcing, someone. Yeah, I'm not forcing this on him. Yeah. Um, and we ended up actually being friends. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. He invited me to his birthday party the year later and was like, hey, guys, this is my friend. It's the dominatrix that came to my bachelor party. <laughs> that I wouldn't let. Yeah. And his friends were very disappointed. I was like, don't pay me. I don't care. Right, you know, like I'm. You should. You should have known your friend better. Done some research. Yeah, know your friend better. Yeah, if he says no, no, this is the accused. I'm not just gonna like <laughs> just do it anyway. Yeah, he was like ah, kind of mortified. Right. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, can Isabella. If they need some private lessons or um, you got a phone number for people to call or no? It's on the website. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right, Rad. Thanks for doing this. Have it's- I opened your mind up a little bit? I mean, I'm yeah. already into this. Like. Yeah. A little bit. I'm already into some of this, yeah. yeah. I'm into your job, though. I want your job. <laughs> My you know? job. Yeah, instead of the other way. You're the dominant, yeah. I can tell. That's a problem when some girl, sometimes people are like, I want to choke you. I'm like, eh, just, I don't care for it. It doesn't really do anything for me. Yeah. It's kind of annoying. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I would feel the same way. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for having me. You're welcome. Um, all right. Bye. Bye. lost this I recorded this outro and then well it wasn't that great one it was not the biggest loss in the world but the fucking cord popped out I gotta get a new H4 I gotta get a new recorder this shit it, okay it lasted me a while but I, it's cost me a few episodes a really good Liz Mealy one on, on running on marathons I mean we ended up doing a good one on, on the other shit but I gotta get a new one yeah donate some money no me donate some money. You guys use my Amazon link. Um, Benji, you want to help me do my outro? Be better than being self-conscious about you being here. Benji, just got some great news for Benji. <laughs> I'm doing an outro for my podcast. You just got some great news. You can be writing for the Independent Spirit Awards. Don't you have to introduce who I am or anything? Benji Aflalo. My... My... What's the word? What's the word? You're a writer. When something is forced on you, what is what is what would, what would be a good word for that? <laughs> my, uh, um, burden. My my burdened roommate. No, something like that. My roommate that's been burdened on me. Ball and chain. My ball and chain. Yeah. I had a girl leave yesterday. She's what? He's right in there. I was like, yeah. Oh, I can't. I can't do this. How much have you been talking about me on your podcast that you could just go in the middle of something and expect people to know what you're talking about? A lot. A little bit. My, I did one with David Taylor. We did an intro where I walked in for the first time. I was like, oh, this place isn't bad. And we looked around and shit. Did you mention now that there's a couch here and now the place is better? There is a couch. I still don't have any hangers in my in my room. I offered you hangers. You need hangers? I'll yes. give you hangers. Please, do. How many more do you need? 25. Jesus. You gave me no closets. You gave me a closet with nothing to hang. Just There's no drawers, just closets. There's shelves. There's nice shelves. Those are cedar closets. Homosexuals put them in. <laughs> they're unfinished. No, that's not that's cedar. It's they're not unfinished, unfinished. And they're up high. You don't paint cedar. They're up high. You can't put underwear you're up there. Three, dude. You can't put underwear up there. It all falls down. And then your fucking dog. All right. Comes I'll take and gets one it. of these and put them in your room. You can put your underwear in them. <sighs> the all deal right. was we would switch apartments and you'd give me a livable apartment. I gave you a livable apartment. You went there for eight days. Come back for a wedding on January. I'm fucking. I had a meeting. January I had a 31st. Had, I'm trying to get out of here. I had a ticket on Friday going to New York, and you I you had use it. A, a wedding on the 31st, and you came back on the 25th. You came back six days of early. Because of a meeting. Because of a meeting. What meeting? The meeting with some people. What? No meeting. There was a meeting. No, there was no meeting. There Benji. was definitely you had a, meeting a meeting the week after the the fucking thing. No, what no. Was the meeting? There was a meeting on Monday and a meeting on Friday of yeah. this week. After the wedding. I don't know. I'm losing track. I am not losing track because it's my life that's being <laughs> fucked up by you. Anyway, this congratulations place, You're centrally on your- located. Thank you. I don't know if I'm taking the job yet, but I most likely will. Yeah, of course you will. You have no prospects. How can you not take a job? <laughs> no offense, but This will like, be my third award show. What else is there? I did the Guy's Choice Awards and the um, very famous uh, do- uh, Dog Awards. Dude, you got to let me watch awards. you fuck your girlfriend. 
That's only fair. If I'm sticking here and I can't get laid, you got to let me watch you fuck your girlfriend. I'll be honest. I bet you she would let me, but then after I know she would let you. But then she, then it'd be weird. She'd feel guilty. She the, wouldn't feel guilty. She'd feel guilty later. She's a fuck pig. <laughs> no. Fuck that, kids love getting watched. Should we call sex. her in here? What? <laughs> oh, can you? Because these walls are so thin that I can't fuck in the room next to yours. I have two roommates. What? You already said you would. Yeah. <laughs> yes, um, I, think, I listened to you fuck the other day. I, I by know, the way. I know. I had to keep that very quiet. Yes. You did great. Thanks. What'd you hear? This, I, this episode was all about bondage. I heard slaps. Yeah. Loud slaps. Loud yells from her and you. Yeah. You had some, and you have a deep voice. So it was very like, oh. That's my finishing move. Yeah. I don't have, I don't make I any voice. Loose. I any, let loose when I come. Yeah, well, I so I was impressed. And I honestly just, you know, I'm, I think I'm okay at sex. I'm not that good at sex. So hearing you have crazy sex, I'm just like, yeah. now I'm self-conscious. Now I can't fuck with you here because I'm self-conscious about your sex abilities. <laughs> and Natasha said on your show that you're good at sex. What show? On your uh, storytelling show. Oh, yeah, show. she did. Yeah. I got better. So you must be I got, good. I got way better since then. That was me as a rookie. What are your fingering that was, moves? That was what do you, me what do, you as do fingering wise? Coming into the league, <laughs> it's a bad example because he was better as a rookie. What? <laughs> what are your? What's your fingering technique? Fingering technique. Are you good at? What's your strongest move? If you're the if you're the Michael Jordan here of tall Jewish guy sex. Well, I showed you the rope, the fucking choking. Choking's probably that's all move. theatrics. I mean, in terms of actual skill, a- actual insertion, like m- motion or moves. What, what's like a move? Like what are your things? I, I'll do the what I call the pterodome. Mm-hmm. Where um, I, I go side to side and then I spit in her eye. <laughs> I don't have any moves. <laughs> so you're know. all theatrics. You're not that good. You're just tying people up and doing slapping on people. What around. do you think? Just the in and out? It's all of sex? Dude, I, that's like an eighth of it. I thought maybe there were angles and. Angle. I mean, there's definitely some moves. Some, like, some that's what I'm saying. You don't positions. have like a thing? There's some positions like Jordan stuck to. his tongue out. What does Ari do? Well, there's a couple things. One, sometimes I'll take a girl's. Um, Legs, and I'll put it on my shoulders and I'll lift them up a little bit. So I'm on my knees. <laughs> and I just like check what? Wait, 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 I don't understand. I don't okay, understand. let's imagine you're on your back. In this, we're facing each other, but you're on your back. I'm on my back and yeah. I'm the guy. And then I'm, well, you're a girl. Let's oh, say. I'm the girl. And then I'm coming in. I'm coming in to be, to be, to fucking give you some of my loving. And I come in and then I put your legs up on my shoulders. So your pussy, Benji, is right there. And my dick is coming close to yours, but I'm on my knees. And so I'm my, my, my dick's above your pussy, Benji. So I'll take my, your legs and put them on my, sh- and I'll lift them up. Oh, so yeah, legs on your shoulders. Yeah, lift it up. So then you're, you're off the ground. I'll hold you by the butt and I'll just. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's the only time I jackhammer. It's the only time I jackhammer. Right. And then I'll go side. Um, so like one leg over this leg and one leg under this leg. And I'll okay, fuck. Now I'm getting fucked. <laughs> All right, thanks. That didn't help. Everyone knows those. Who put this hammer on my desk? Next time some girl walks out without having sex with me because you're here, this hammer's going straight through your fucking skull. I'm sorry, man. I feel really bad. I'll tell you what. You came. You pushed me to leave. I booked shows in New York. I booked tickets, and I've been doing my best to get out of here. Yeah, you have. After much pushing, you have. After a lot of pushing, I did. And honestly, you coming back to 25th, there wasn't for a meeting. I guarantee it wasn't for a meeting. It didn't bother me because I left the 25th for Denver. Right, yeah. So it didn't bother me. I just a sign of your, your, your... Pussiness? No, there's a better word than that. Puss, pussosity? Um, anyway, so congratulations on the Independent Spirit Awards. If I do it. Yeah. You can't. That's honestly, it's like, I get it. You can't leave if you get a fucking award show. It's also cool people some are writing. hosting it, so I feel like even if Make it's not. Make some connections, say hi to them. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. They should pay you scale, though. It's bullshit. If Fred Armisen is doing it and they don't pay you scale, it's like, he should be like, what are you doing? 
It's for television. You got to pay yeah, people scale. I hope so. I don't know yet. Of course, it will be scale. Okay. Because other, I, because I can't believe Fred Armisen. Who's the other person? Uh, Kristen Bell. And Kristen Bell would allow that to be a non-union shoot. Well, for Knowing writers, it's for television. The the camera guys are union, and everyone else is union. But so one, definitely, writers should be too, because those people were also writers. So of course, it'll be union. Because those I people hope. can't get my wrath. So of course, it'll be union. Okay. You never know. <sighs> Now anyway. the Writers Guild is going to come after me if they find out I do this and it's not you. So thanks, Ari. You're blaming me again because they're not union. You're blaming me. Well, now the Writers Guild's going to hear this. They should hear it. They should enforce that shit. Oh, by the way, I'm not getting hired as a writer. I'm getting paid as a creative consultant. Oh, they do that? They yeah. do the producer shit? Yeah. Fuck. I've been a producer. I've been a creative consultant. Fucking writers. They're the worst. Not the worst. The people, the, not writers. Most abused. That's why, the uni- that's why we have a good abused. union, because yeah. people will fuck us over all the you time. You guys got a great union. The best SAG, one. not so much. Right. You know what I did for SAG once? Because they, Obamacare, they couldn't uh, cover my mental health anymore. Oh, right. Yeah, you Ob- told me. You Obama- called. Yeah. All right. And you wish them death and stuff by a mentally ill person? Well, it was right after Jared Loeffner killed that woman in, in Arizona, the congresswoman. So I was like, I hope a new Jared Loeffner comes to your offices and shoots the fuck out of all of you. It's so comedy store to be like, yep, now I have to wish you death in a creative way. <laughs> it's like, that's your final. It really <laughs> <like> is. <laughs> it really is comedy How store. do I wish you death now? Burning in fire? No, too convenient. <laughs> uh, car ride home? No. no. I need something that really states why I'm mad at you for your hmm. death. Oh, <laughs> sociopath, murderer, absolutely. All right, well, thanks. Um. <laughs> no, um, so... Guys, go to my. This is, this is. I had the most downloads in January of any po- of any um, really? month I've ever had by like twenty percent. Mazel, bro. Thanks. Over five hundred thousand downloads. What? Yeah. Five hundred thousand downloads. Over five fifty, almost in a month. Yeah. Uh. Are you raking in from this podcast? No, nothing. I don't have any advertisers. My goal, my theory is, unless there can be enough money and it's a relevant enough ad to interrupt this podcast, that I'm not doing it. Right. But that's but serious. I do have an Amazon link that people should go to, hopefully, and so support Jewish. me that way. So Jewish. You know, but still, support. I got to buy a new Zoom. This one's not cutting it anymore. Why so don't you just give them your email bucks. and have them PayPal you some cash? Who? Anybody. You just give them your email and they can PayPal you money. I got a donate link on there, but I don't like asking for it. It's fucking, it's like. Right. It's you're not, not NPR. Starting. It's not NPR. You know, where like they have like drives. That's what I should do. I, have a, I should have a drive every year. Yeah. And have like celebrity guests. But people are listening, and yeah, why shouldn't they pay? Yeah, you could do a celebrity guest thing. Because they offer for free. Well, I, some people have donated money. I probably got like 100 bucks or so. You that. do get it back from your fans, and then you right, have fans who come to your live shows. Live ticket sales is what it is. Yeah, but you do put a lot of work into it. I've seen it, so. A what? This podcast. You oh, sit yeah. around, you do the sound engineering all yourself, right? Yeah, my underwear. All that shit. Yeah. How many hours a week? Probably Nine. Yeah, two two to three for the actual interview. Yeah, scheduling it, then getting the music and shit. Yeah, that's not easy, man. All the music is available on my website, arithegreat dot com. Um, all right. Well, Benji, I'm upset you're here, but I'm not upset you're getting work. I'm glad you are. You're you're an underused um, commodity. If you were a female, you would be a star. I'd be rich. You'd be rich if you had the same level of of, of comedic ability you do right now. Yeah. And you were like slightly less pretty. Being black would be good too. Oh, well, obviously. Obviously, but the woman is enough. Black woman. Yeah, I asked I asked who got the job at at midnight and they just they threw me the name of a, of a Latina woman who I've heard of before. 
and she might be a good writer, she might not be, but it's like, oh, fuck. I was hoping Mike Lawrence would get her, Louis Katz, but yeah, you can't compete with Latino woman. I've had times where my agent and manager were like, so you're going to go into this meeting to get this, try to get this writing job, sell up that your dad's Moroccan, because they're really looking for ethnic people. God. So I have to like go in there and be like, oh yeah, and by the way, my dad's Moroccan, and I just, I, I'm white, but I guess maybe I'm not. No, Middle East, just say I'm Middle Eastern. Yeah. A- African. You're African American. You're African American. Yeah, my sister put that on her college app and got We used to say that about Moroccans. We had a Moroccan teacher, Mr. Something. Yeah. Rabbi Something. North African. African, bro. You should do a podcast about your DNA test. Oh, yeah. I got to take that. You should do it. My, my sister did it. About a DNA test? We're very North African. There's no Sub-Saharan Africa. There's like 0.1 Sub-Saharan African, so we're not black. And then, but we're Italian. She had like 8% Italian. Really? Yeah. I wonder what I got. You're going to get a lot of Ashkenazi Jew, a lot of well, European yeah, Jew. Obviously a lot we got a lot of that, but. Ashkenazi Jew, yeah. You're going to get a lot of that. Some Tay-Sachs in my, in my past. <laughs> Some good money laundering. It's from inbreeding. The Jews used to live in ghettos and then they would inbreed. Also because we just stick to ourselves too much. That's why people hate us, I think. We stick to ourselves. We succeed on our own. We don't need anyone's help. Do we stick to ourselves? Yeah, Jews have a long history of supporting Jewish-owned businesses. Really? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Mr. Price, he was the fucking dentist. We all went to him. He always I go to Jewish. I think that's more in your ortho community. I think yeah, normal yeah. Jews don't do that as much. Well, they had little enclaves in like all over Europe and stuff. They had like villages that were wiped out. Because we were pushed there. We were, there were Muslim areas. There were Christian areas. There were yeah, Jewish we supported areas. supported our own. Well, I think you're I wrong. I think that was the religious ones more. Growing up, we didn't have that. We'd be like, oh, well, we should go to the Jewish version of that instead. We, uh, no, Jewish tailors. And this long history of that in this, in this, in this uh, country. Non-religious. All non-religious. Supporting their own. It's because Jews are better at stuff. That's why people go to the Jewish person. There's that too. But there are qualified non-Jews. Just not as, a high, as high a rate as the Jews. We seek out the Jews. I bet if you asked most people and you were like, hey, would you rather go to a Jewish tailor or a non-Jewish tailor? I bet you more of them would just say, I'd probably just go to the Jewish one. Yeah, we do succeed. Yeah, we you're more likely good. to have a smarter, more... We're good at almost everything except moving out. Um, what? <laughs> I've heard you have sex in there too. Yeah, but now I'm self-conscious. What you did was not because of self being self-conscious? I'm self-conscious because of the sex. I didn't hear any sex. noise from you. I only heard noise from her. Yeah, but I'm still self-conscious because of the noises I heard you making. If our rooms were separated a little bit, it'd be better. Right. I wish you lived in like Echo Park or Eagle Rock. That'd be cooler. If you can plan your fuck buddies ahead of time, I'll go spend time at the beach. I'll go sleep in Malibu. If you're like, hey, I really need to fuck this girl tonight. Can you not sleep here? Who's staying there now in Malibu? They're empty. There's three empty houses. Have you ever tried choking anyone? What about tying the, what the rope I gave you the other day? We didn't use that rope. Didn't even use it. But we, we've used zip ties before. Zip ties? Like, yeah. Like police in fucking riots? Mm-hmm. It's way easier. Zip ties? Yeah. It makes that noise. Zip it. You can make it really tight. Does that noise give you boners now? Um, no. So what do you do? Tie your hands behind her back? Or she ties your hands behind your back? Oh, yeah. I don't know. You know one's tying me up. Why? How come? Because I'm a man. What do you mean? Like, that's, that's the submissive person gets tied up. Yeah, I don't think it's man-based, but, but I it understand. Is, Just yeah. submissive, not submissive. I know girls that are, like, not the opposite of submissive. Dominant. Dominant. And you're like, oh, this ain't going to work out. Yeah, when they, like, get on top and get all into it, it's like, relax, lady. Well, I don't mind being on top. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with it. With the girl being on top? It's fine. 
I like it once in a while. It's one of yeah, the best like views. Everything. One of the best views of a girl riding you. Yeah, the boobs and the pretty face. Leaning is back, cool. even if she's chubby, if she's leaning back, it's pretty great. Mm-hmm. Lean back. <coughs> um, I took uh, I took Claire to the dog park today. Let her off the leash. How'd she do? Great. She played with dogs. I took her by there at first, and then she started barking at them crazy, like through the fence. Anytime I want to come close, <laughs> that crazy bark she always does. I've been telling her no. Well, as soon as she looks at another dog. And gets that tail straight up, like staring. That's when she has the thought, I'm going to go fuck with this dog. So that's, my, Ashley told me that. That's when you go, no, no. And she goes. And then she gets it. I'm the dominant one. She's not. And she gets it. So she's been better. So anyway, I took her by the dog park up there on Sunset. By the store. By the store, yeah. Across yeah, the yeah. standard and stuff. Yeah. Just had her watch. Didn't go in as big dogs. Well, she's going to get torn to shreds. No way. And so I left. And then Ashley was like, take, what's the big deal? Just take her off the leash. Because sometimes dogs act different on a leash than off a leash. Mm-hmm. And she got scared. Oh, she was running with all of them. Mm-hmm. Didn't bark at any of them. It was That's totally great. great, man. She wore herself out. She wouldn't chase the ball, but she chased the other dogs that chased the ball. I think she learned how to play a doggy daycare because I'll just take her there for that reason. Really? Yeah. yeah off the leash, she's great. Because when I first got her, I took her to the dog park and she was not into it. Oh, really? Yeah. And then I gave her a bath when we got home. Oh, really? She was panting. We went to Whole Foods and ate. She was panting. And we, then, then we went to the, back to the dog park, let her in, let her run around. She was great. Yeah, Claire. Cheryl. Cheryl. That's right. Oh, Claire. I've been telling people it was Claire. Yeah, no, her name is Cheryl. You've been telling people about her. Who? Oh, maybe that's how. That's how what? Uh, you know Dee? She used to work at the Lovitz Club. Uh-huh, uh-huh. She has a daughter, and her daughter was like, oh, Ari told me of a really cute dog. Desiree. She works at Super Artists. Oh, agency. okay. Is that how? Yeah. Because it was right after you texted me a complaint about like this apartment's a warehouse and you have a trickless dog, and then I see someone a who's like, dog. "The only trick you taught her is to go to bed." <laughs> Anyways, it was funny trickless for the next dog. person to be like, "Ari loves your dog." After, I, I couldn't forget the phrase "trickless dog." It was great. <laughs> it's a good phrase. Your trickless dog in your warehouse home. Well, if you guys want, you can go to this girl Isabella Sinclair, and uh, she's pretty trustworthy. It seems like I would trust her to like. Like, if I want to experiment with some shit. Who? This, this bondage woman I had on the podcast. Oh, yeah. No, I'm good. Yeah, okay. A lot of people are too scared to try it. Wait, she, you she tried put, it with her? Yeah. She put, was that the girl you were having sex with? No. Oh. She put electrodes on my dick, on my balls. This is during your podcast? Uh-huh. She turned on the electricity and fucking shocked my balls. What did it feel like? Balls. felt weird. So, sometimes I'll take, like, a hot shower head and I'll put that on my balls. Hot shower head. Like, hot water with pressure. Put that on your balls? Yeah. To do what? Just feels good to clean. You know what I did today? I just jerked off in the shower because I was so pent up from yesterday from not being able to get laid. Right. When I worked on it for like an hour and a half. Uh-huh. So I jerked off in the shower today. And you ever get lightheaded right when you come? Yeah, because it's hot in there yeah, and you're probably a little steamy. dehydrated. Yeah. That's one of the ways I'm going to think I'm going to die. Either falling through a grate, you know, when you're walking on the street and one of those th- just giving way and I'll just jump, dive through it and die. Right. Or slamming my head against a bathtub from you're passing a long out one of those. from the ground. You're tall. Tall. Yeah, I never have that fear. <laughs> All right. <laughs> It'd be like a gentle. <laughs> It'd be like, thump. And that'd be the end of it. Um, I don't feel like you're a hydrated guy. I'm pretty hydrated, but I, not today. Today I didn't have a lot of water. I feel like I talked to you once and you were like, yeah, I shit every three days. I feel like that might be a sign of dehydration. No, I drink so much water in New York. Really? So much. Constantly out of the tap? Killing it. Tap. On the street, buying bottles, 
constantly. You had a weird thing growing out of your bathroom faucet. It was like a fungus, like a hanging fungus or something. Ew, what? It was weird. Hey, was it no? Was there when you were there for eight days? I guess you're never going to go back. But um, I have clothes there. Oh, really? I'm going back. I'm definitely going back. Well, last Caroline's week, last week of March. Last week the, of February. And after the rose too. And then yeah, hopefully last two weeks of March. Um, did you hear the the the, the heat the heater like bang a bunch? All New York sleep? apartments do that. But was it that loud or was it way louder? They all do that. I've been to New York apartments. I was. I had a New York year. apartment and it did that. That loud? Yeah. That's why maybe I, they've quieted it down. Yeah. Well, maybe your heater doesn't get that hot, though. No, my heater doesn't get that hot. It's floorboard heat outside. You got to turn the heater all the way on. Yeah. That's just the bedroom. Right. That gets plenty hot when it's all the way on. But outside, even if it's all the way off, it's like fuck. I'm sweating in here, and all the heat's off. That was one thing really getting to me there is how fast you go from hot to cold when you walk inside somewhere and you're all layered and you're like, now I'm wet. Now I'm boiling hot, and you have to open up the window, but then two minutes later, you're like now it's freezing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, Benji, you're over on Twitter? At Benji Aflalo, B-E-N-J-I-A-F-L-A-L-O. Are you on there a lot or no? Um, I tweeted yesterday for the first time in a while. Okay. Uh, anyway, that's the episode. Episode 205, Bound, with Isabella Sinclair. Um, don't forget the parlor, 19th to the 21st in Seattle, the downtown parlor. Those tickets are not on my website. So go to the parlor, uh, dot com, their website. Go to their website and get tickets. I have to update my website. The shit's not on there. Everything else is on there. Portland, Brea. Um, and my storyteller show that Natasha's doing this Tuesday. Guess who else is doing it? You'll never guess. T-Pain. Who? T-Pain. Is that a hip-hopper? Uh-huh. It's a hip-hopper. Oh. He said to Eric that he wants to do the show, and he's like, fuck it. All right. That's cool. Topic is love. That's great. Yeah. Uh, all right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Oh, fucking 20-minute outro. Too long? Eh, no, but now it's like a three-and-a-half-hour-long podcast, which is, like, I guess, pretty long. Is this done? Yeah, it's done. So, yeah, use that Amazon link or go get some merch right now at ariashafir.com. My 2015 tour shirt is still available. And just so you know, I have this best special extra benefit thing where if you come to my live show, so my 2015 tour shirt, the 3D short, it's, it's 3D. It comes with two pairs of, uh, of 3D glasses so you can see it so it really pops out. The yellow one is great. The white one's great. The gray one, the, the 3D isn't as good on the, on the gray one, but the basic shirt looks better on the 3D one. But um, still there. It's just not as much. But uh, So get whatever you want. But since it's my tour shirt and I have this thing of like, well, I want the benefit of you being able to get it on tour. So, if you get it on tour, um, I came with, me and J.R. Steiner, my merch guy, uh, came up with an idea that why don't we have the tour stops on the back? So, the only way to get that, and it has all the fucking tour stops that I know so far with some cool mushroom art and stuff, uh, it's the Do Mushrooms Tour. The 2015 is the Do Mushrooms Tour. And it shows all the tour stops. And you, can, you can't get that online. You can only get it at a live show. Bonus for being at a live show. That's how I roll. Um, you guys, that's the episode. Ari Shavir, Skeptic Tank, episode 205, Bound, with Isabella Sinclair is over. Is there anything else I had to add? I sort of think not. Hey, hey, so-